Operandi Podcast with your hosts, Alan Miller and Dr. David Overby. Recorded on the 1st of February, 2020, this is episode 203. And now for the show. Welcome to Mopod number 203. I am your mysterious co... Oh, uh, no, sorry. Actually, we shut the door. We'll start over again. Wow. Holy shit. God. <laughs> I'm going to put... Can I put this yeah, on the table? Because I keep... I'm just like, as sure as I'm sitting here, going to knock it over. Yep. I believe you. Now I can run your c- computer instead. Well, we put that. Obviously, uh, do not touch, be as gentle as possible with the desk, and when you do pick up the glass, we'll just pause so I can remove the thump when it's set back down, because it's going to, where should I put put this thing on that thing? No, I don't have a thing for it. I don't have a thing for the thing to put it on the thing. Hey! Hello! Welcome to the Modus Operandi Podcast, episode number 203. I am one of your hosts, Alan Miller, and I'm joined, as always, by the one, the only, Dr. David Overby. Welcome to the Modus Operandi Podcast. This is the 10th year anniversary of Mopod. It's kind of hard to believe, isn't it? A decade of Mopod. Mopod Decade. We had, what, a year and a half it's a off, mo- I guess. It's a mocade. I think that we there there was a, a break, um, but it really I don't think it was it was all that long. I believe from around 2017 through toward the end of 2018, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I, but when you're talking about an entire decade, that's really not that's really not oh, that yeah. bad. And programs have been known to they are away and then they come back yeah this is a reprisal we're, this is actually a remake we're two different actors playing ourselves um that's right <laughs> um and it's uh yeah i'm i'm, I'm uh i'm the jean-luc picard whereas formerly i was uh captain kirk whatever the fuck his name this is, is but, an uh, autobiographical podcast done by someone else pretending to be me Pretending to be somebody else from and 10 years ago. Because you're so famous. That's the. Uh... But that's an interesting thing about the internet, Alan, wouldn't you say, is that there is this indeterminacy or kind of shroudedness of identity that is really that doesn't happen in real life because you actually see that a person's there. You're pretty sure who someone is. But on the internet, uh, there is that disconnect. Now, of course, if you knew someone from before you were on Facebook with them or so forth, then if you've, if you've been uh, Facebooking or interneting with a person for a while, you can kind of begin to glean personness from that. But uh, 
you know, the internet's kind of a, it's an interesting thing. It's it's kind of a wild thing. I think the internet is kind of the wild west of media, and um, and and we're out there just uh, blazing away on the podcast. Yeah, well, we are no Joe Rogan, but then again, who is? Um, well, who would want to be? Uh, I want to be the Modus Operandi podcast. You know that film Easy Rider where they're saying um, they're it's they're camping one night. I think they've just picked up the hitchhiker and say, like, "Do you ever want to be anybody else?" And they're kind of like looking around, and they're kind of giggling. It's like uh, I thought about being Porky Pig, you know. They kind of laugh, <laughs> and then uh, they kind of they laugh for a little bit, and it's it's kind of funny. And then they they kind of they're watching the fire, and they close in on Captain America. He was like, "I never wanted to be anybody else." And I'm like Captain America. I think Modus Operandi uh, podcast is the Captain America of the internet. Well, I I know for sure that there's no way that uh, I personally could be uh, uh, the. Uh, um, Oh, what's the word I'm I'm looking for? A, a, a Joe Rogan in any way? Because I mean, his I heard a really interesting thing about him today uh, um, on on the media, which by the way I've, I highly recommend to our listeners uh, to to check out there. It comes on a podcast, but it's it's on most of your uh, local NPR stations on the weekends usually. Uh, but they had a really interesting examination of because you know Bernie Sanders, uh, which we we're going to. Uh, leap right into one of our, our topics ahead of ahead of what we planned on, but uh, the primaries are coming up in Iowa. Uh, Bernie Sanders just recently accepted an endorsement from Joe Rogan, um, and uh, so they had on um, a writer from The Atlantic who'd actually done a deep dive into Joe Rogan's uh, uh, podcast and an examination of who he is and who his fans are. And it was just, it was really, really an interesting look at, at who... Because apparently, I mean, he started as a um, as an actor on television, as like a skinny uh, character on a on a sitcom back uh, quite back in the '90s, maybe early '90s. Then he became a um, a live action commentator for uh, 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 MM for the mixed martial arts fighting. Um, and now he does this interview podcast. Well, the guy was like, he said it's. He's he's like two different people. He's this this oddly um, sort of bro, you know. That's just you know like all oh, the chicks and you know and all this kind of stuff. And apparently his his uh, his comedy, his stand up comedy is 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 feels old and stilted. Is this, and, is this the guy that uh, Bernie was getting criticism for because this guy endorsed Bernie? Yeah, yeah. So and they they wanted him to uh, to you know completely just just dismiss this Joe Rogan uh, endorsement, which he hasn't done for good reason. As the guy said, uh, uh, the 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 guy from that wrote in the Atlantic, I wish I could remember his name, but he, 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 it's on the media. Uh, look it up. That that this uh, um, that that uh, uh, they, that just by association that uh, this Joe Rogan guy, because so many of his people are bros, and he does like this sort of uh, like goop. You know where he sells a lot of uh, ad, you know supplements and 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 you know health health lifestyle who, who stuff and America is an um, advertisement. Oh, I mean, if that's not the ultimate act of hypocrisy to criticize Bernie Sanders for being a socialist and then getting on his case for being endorsed by somebody who's a salesman. It's just crazy, and it just shows how empty you his know, Dave, opponents are. Dave, spe- empty. speaking of sales, uh, we have to take our our, uh, our first break. Uh, this program is brought to you by the Mobod T 
tampons. They're made out of all natural gunk hair taken from the testicles of the biggest males. It's super absorbent because they pee all over themselves and they like to soak it up and have it. So get some Mopad tampons. And now back to our program. I'm sure that any uh, women out there who were thinking about maybe voting for Bernie Sanders uh, after you know hearing you do that, Alan, I'm sure are definitely sold. There is no doubt about it. They are that that's these that's the kind of persona you know they they want to identify with. Well, but the, here's no, but here, this is what's so ridiculous is that everybody who opposes Bernie Sanders opposes Bernie Sanders. Why? Because they're they they're business people. They they basically just believe in a business system. And they're all about they're all about money. So everybody who is behind all, anybody who is really opposed to Bernie Sanders, where his whole campaign is all about, he's only going to get these small individual contributions, but he's going to get them from the ninety nine percent. And of course, he's he is proving his point politically by the way he is raising money and showing that it is really about the numbers. I mean, if you can get the people all uh, to come together, at least. To some degree, you know, behind uh, being for a government system that will really work for the people, it will actually work. Just like you can raise the money that Bernie Sanders has raised by getting these relatively small contributions from ordinary people because they so far outnumber the 1% who have the, the tons of money. But these people who have tons of money are the very kind of people who do what? They are uh, salesmen. They, they advertise. They roll in the money. They want to make money. That's their whole bankrolled uh, post seven hundred billion dollar bailout gig is that they're just going to roll in the money and they and they also they, and the, they want to keep that money machine those are loomed the people up. that give money to the DNC right and they know the, and they know that uh, Bernie Sanders will shut it down for them and it'll be that he's he will cut them off you know and they will have to start to live like actual regular normal human beings instead of these weirdo pigs you know who else was a democratic socialist fdr he was so fucking popular they elected him four goddamn times right you know I, right. you know so went, so take your take your criticisms of, of uh, oh democratic democratic socialism can't work it fucking worked and it worked really well and it's worked really well up until reagan started tearing it apart it worked so well that the only way it can't work if it is if it is systematically destroyed well, the, when you and have that's democratic what the Reagan socialism, was when you well, and it 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 feeds on the and this is one of the the problems with our you know boomers quote unquote is that there's a heavy part of their philosophy is greed. I mean, this is the boomers are the people that brought us the movie in which is the quote greed is good. Yeah, but, that wasn't brought mm-hmm. to you by millennials. It wasn't brought to you by Gen Gen. X or Gen Y or whatever, it was brought to you by boomers. I think it's you're the right, way they fucking think. I don't think. think that I would consider greed to be a philosophy because greed doesn't really come out of wisdom. It, it just comes out of a of, founding of a, principle. Well, it comes out of a, a core de- principle. Would it comes out of a depraved, um, uh, puerile, primitive uh, instinct. I mean, it's just it's it's simply being developmentally delayed i don't know i I think that sharing is a much more much more uh uh dominant primitive uh uh uh, inclination i think greed is something that has come with 
the uh, the excess the, the ability to accumulate massive wealth um, that's kind of new to to humanity. I mean, going back what to ten thousand years maybe when it first started. But you look at primitive tribes; there isn't really a, no one person is accumulating wealth. Yeah, they, let me let me all getting it. It's together, even you know? more raw than I, I see. I see your point. It's a good. It's an interesting point, actually. It's a good point to think of of sharing is actually the more basic. Uh, behavior and in some ways it's kind of an inspiring thing that shows that that is really what is normal that we're sort of meant to share we we are individuals but we're also social and group community tribal oriented uh, creatures and we work best when when we share and so the individual can thrive when there is actually a a thriving system around the individual to provide for the individual's needs like if everybody else was starving to death <laughs> Um, or had starved to death or was about to die and they were so weakened and feeble uh, and broken, then um, what kind of world would that be like to live in? I mean, it, it wouldn't be long before the last person who wasn't in such bad shape would would also uh, quickly decay and, and die along with everybody else. But what I'm talking about is, like, imagine there is, like, a big, loud, crashing noise and there would be, like, a reflex that would put your where your arms would cover your head for a second. You, you follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now that's what that's the level I'm talking about. Just that raw, like uh, self-absorbed uh, survival instinct. Like, but your reaction wouldn't be to find the nearest person and cover them. Right? You would just duck and 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 cover your your own head. I mean, it's it's that level of just completely blind, unconscious insect level me thing you know i actually i have a um an an interesting experience kind of like that i was uh walking my dogs in uh uh in new orleans and uh we were up on the levee i lived really close to the river and and we were walking up on top of the levee and there was a thunderstorm rolling in um and so we kind of started hoofing it back because they they roll in pretty quickly it was on the other side of the river coming towards us and uh, so we we went we were going down the uh, the levee and we just got into the bottom, which or along that area is railroad tracks, and uh, they have high tension power lines on those big metal poles there. Well, I was about probably no, I was on the tracks. We were crossing the tracks, and I heard <laughs> kaboom, and uh, I. Really, it, it was such an instant reaction. But what when I, when I realized that I was okay, um, I was on my hands and knees and had scooped up both dogs underneath of me, um, and I don't know how it happened. Or so there was a protective instinct. That yeah, came it was. Out it was than- covered. The, you know, I mean, just just locked them underneath of me in this ball. And they were rolled up in a little ball, each of them. So they they instantly went into that, you know, that that holy crap, what was that? It's an interesting question to think, I mean, is this selfishness innate? Is it instinctive? Or is it more the excess of institutions and systems that have become so overpowering and excessively influential that they are getting in their own way. They are defeating their own purpose. They are they're creating the very conditions they were meant to uh, make sure did not happen. You know, they're they're 
manufacturing a kind of chaos and disorder, whereas their foundation is into uh, to create order and stability in, in, in society. I mean, that's um, – but in any case, I just think um, – that with with Bernie Sanders, the people who oppose him are just advocates of utter and complete selfishness and self-absorption. And they make me sick. Um, and <laughs> it's it's unbelievable that this this person... So tell me, what is up with this bro thing? Like, the bro is supposed to be the, like the Bernie bro, right? Which is like the, the, the bad guy Bernie Sanders uh, person. Is am I correct about this? Yeah, there's a there's a see I'm I'm just utterly convinced because I've been to to Bernie events and and uh, um, and no like actual you know I've, I've I've fucking marched across the bridge before it was opened for, with a with a crew of Bernie supporters uh, back in early sixteen whenever they opened the bridge and uh, uh, I just I, none of the, I just I did not see any of these people that are that are apparently all over line. I am convinced that these are all paid trolls and bots uh, because the, you know, Russia really has, and, and, you know, despite all the, the, the confusion thrown at it by, by bad media and by, by um, lying, uh, certain lying uh, government officials uh, like our president, um, Russia is undergoing a very, very active program of trying to fuck things up in this country and they're doing it in in countries all over the world. It's well known. They have these literal like office buildings that are full of people that go to work every day, and they've they're trolls. They 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 program bots which you know just react to things and will just post. They, just, it's it's like it's like really primitive AI, but they post things that are meant to to piss people off, and and then there's real people that are literal trolls. Um, with made up accounts, and they just they go hunting for people that are that say something bad about Bernie, and, the and then attack them and call them cunts and call them bitches and call them whores. Right? It's it's like they are being the very thing that, in the minds of these other people who don't like Bernie Sanders, is exactly what they want to imagine that yeah, they are yeah. actually like, so that they can dehumanize them rather rather than think. Like a normal adult person with a brain, and they did the same for thing. any length of time for any sustained, and be like, are people really like that? So, which is it? Is the problem with Bernie supporters is that we're all crybabies that we we want our free stuff and our Vermont maple syrup and just live off of the the social uh, Scandinavian welfare state, or are we just these cruel and vicious? Worst example possible of the masculine identity gone bad. Oh, it must be all of those things, both of them, and everything in oh, no, between. You, you forgot so, one. You forgot one. We, none of us voted for for Hillary Clinton last time. Oh, well, none of us did. Well, that was no, none of us did because the and, 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 no, and none of us are going to vote for. Him. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, none yeah. of us are going to vote for anybody other than. than but, and here's here's the here's the interesting thing I found because Twitter's pr- the main place where this shit goes on, and I I, I do but spend too much time. Let me just jump in real it. fast and say this one thing before I forget it, just for no other reason, so I don't have to keep trying to remember it. Which is that anytime you're confronted with a representation of 
followers of any candidate or really any type of thing. It could be, say, college basketball, or it, I mean, it could be a different politician, or it could be a group. And the caricature is just obviously really negative and dehumanizing and vilifying. You should right away, if you have any kind of decency or sense of equality about you, realize that it is a lie. And not for a single second believe it, much less latch on to it for, what, four years now. Like, the tone of the Democratic Party and the majority of Democratic supporters has not changed. The needle hasn't moved at all. It's been doubled down from the minute that the 2016 general election uh, was lost and Hillary Clinton lost. I mean, that's the world that I think most Democrats, or at least many Democrats, are still living in. Um, okay. So anyway, the, the, uh, now in today, uh, the, the thing that I see, um, I, I have not yet seen any, any of the, the Hillary bots or Hill bots that they called them, which were doing the same thing back during, you know, leading up to the, to, to, uh, the, the primaries in 2016 was there were, there were Hill bots and there were the Bernie bros and they were exactly the same thing. So one was its only purpose was to piss off the other. That's the only reason they were there. Well, the so the so-called Bernie Bros, after being completely quiet for this for a long period coming up uh, uh, to this, apparently are now all over the internet because Bernie Sanders is has taken the lead in Iowa and stands a very good chance of winning it, um, according to five thirty eight. I think he's. Uh, he's he's a little bit a little bit better uh, uh, positioned according to the polls um, just recently over Biden. Not much. Um, they're they're pretty close, uh, but Warren's a distant third at this point. Um, so, uh, and I have the only other candidate I've seen this kind of thing so far from or are Tulsi Gabbard back backers. Those people are fucking nuts, dude. <laughs> well, but don't you think it's insane for Hillary Clinton to openly say that Ga- – isn't this, she the one who's the Russian asset? Yeah, Russian asset. <laughs> don't you think but, that's but, crazy? But nobody likes Bernie. I mean, she said that too. So it's just like, what, what the – why don't you just keep your fucking mouth shut? You, you are – you lost – You know there were a lot of people – You lost an election to Donald Trump. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's hard to not – Think and this is what is frustrating for me because I totally want to see a woman president. Yeah, I want Alexandria Ocasio Cortez to be president. Whether we have a woman president before uh, Miss Cortez, or, yeah, but by or, then or, the worldwide water wars will be well, in full tilt. But and, and what I'm concerned about, though, is that I I really think that what happens basically in two days is going to go a long way in shaping whether or not someone like Ocasio Cortez could really become uh be, become president. But the, like people will say about Hillary Clinton, it's that you don't Wait, isn't have Iowa tonight. This is Saturday. Iowa's Monday. Oh, it's Monday. Oh, right. I thought I thought the caucus was on Saturday. Okay. No, Monday. Yeah, it's the the today's the first day of February, right? Yeah, so a little less than two days. This is the first of February. Well, actually, twenty twenty, the Modus Operandi podcast yeah. with Alan Miller and Doctor Dave Overby. So yeah, it, brought that means... to you by. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop. Stop. <laughs> 
Brought to you by Big Bob's Towing Service here in Louisville, Kentucky. We will tow your vehicle anywhere you want and we'll put it down without hurting it most of the time. Just give us a call. That's 555-1289. That's 555-1... Don't think we we don't take our uh, political thinking seriously here on this podcast uh, it's, it's, it's it's so fuck it, it, you know but there's a build-up look i don't trust anybody dude, who doesn't remember, have as who doesn't have a sense of humor oh i should have turned this because if you don't have a sense of humor it means that that the the daunting negativity of real life has yet to register with you do you see what i mean like you haven't figured out just how really awful um Real life is. I mean, it. The, the, I'm not trying to be completely nihilistic or uh, or dark about it, but I mean, mm, there nihilism. is. Uh, I mean, there there is certainly. I think goodness uh, in in life, uh, but there's a lot of really awful things that are that are really going on, and so the need to uh, laugh about things and make light and make fun of things and make fun of people and also making fun of people can be a very effective means of getting a point across and and really giving an accurate representation of things that otherwise would not be possible with without the use so we can tell those those pocahontas uh backers to but here's the thing why is it if you want to have a woman president well, that the that the only one it could have ever been was Hillary Clinton. What's wrong with saying, okay, you know what? We actually made it right up to the very edge with this obviously flawed, and I'm putting it nicely, candidate. All we need to do is figure out where we went wrong, run a better female in the near future, and we'll win. And it's been four years and these people have not been able to get over it in the least. I mean, there is a there is a level of toxicity within the Democratic Party that is, I think, uh, disturbing and and bad for not just the party but the but the nation. And I don't think the Republican Party has a monopoly on the kind of negativity and and uh, 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 being impulsivity to to slander people who obviously are uh, driven by good causes. I mean, uh, universal health care, equality, free education, making sure that people have a place to live are just so basic to civilized life that to trash and be so very much against someone who is for those things, I think, is reflective of poor character. Well, and definitely politics that is not he's, trustworthy. He's not the, uh, you know, as you were saying earlier, he's not the person that the, that the rich Democrats, who are the only people that the, that the big Democratic Party listens to. The rich people, they don't want a Bernie Sanders because their taxes are going to go up, and they're going to go up a lot. And they're greedy, even though they've got more than, you know, if you've got more than one house... You've got too much fucking money. That's all there is to it. And anybody that argues that somebody that owns two houses isn't rich is a fucking fool. Um, 
and and if, and is and is lying to themselves because either they own two houses and they don't want to believe that they are rich, thereby being one of those people, or they think that one of these days they're going to own two houses. And those kind of people probably don't own one. And a lot of those people are the ones who would have voted for uh, um, that 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 would have vote, voted for Clinton, except that they had Trump there to vote for. So they, you know, they they might have voted for Obama because he also, you know, kind of promised everybody we'd be rich. Um, and Sanders isn't doing that. He's just he's just promising us that we'll all we'll all get an advantage out of his programs. Whereas, like nothing, the Republican Party ever does gives every helps everyone. You know, I'm sorry if you're fucking rich and you've got to pay, you know, an extra ten percent in taxes or twenty percent in taxes or thirty percent in taxes on the top part of your income. Fuck you. That's not a burden. You don't have a burden if you're rich. Poor people have burdens. Poor people have, you know, make X amount of dollars this week without anything going wrong and we can pay the bills and not get thrown out of our apartment and not get the electricity turned off and be able to eat and grandma can buy her medicine. That's if nothing goes wrong. If something goes wrong, we're fucked. We have to pawn the sofa. We've got to pawn the television. We've got to scrape money get together just so we don't lose our home. That doesn't happen to a rich motherfucker when they have to pay more taxes. So, again, rich, greedy motherfuckers that, that, that are a big problem, especially in the DNC, because those are the ones that have the ears of the people at the top. And Bernie Sanders isn't listening to those people. Which is why he's not taking their money. That's why you know he's not listening. Yeah, and and, and he he literally is not listening to. Did you hear? Uh, this is actually kind of a this is a little off the side, but it's still about Bernie. He was uh, apparently there's this troop of of YouTube comedians. That's air quotes. There's that that uh, um, that go around to rallies and and you know of different uh, people, and this just in, interrupt them with completely non sequitur questions um, while they're speaking. And one of them tried to do it to Sanders, and and you know was like, can you can you help me? My wife's just left me. Can you give me advice on how to get her back? And he was like, no, I you know we can talk about this later. I don't I don't want to talk right now about it. And uh, and then started to go on, and the guy wouldn't. He he kept bugging him about it. And Sanders just looked at him and goes, oh well, I'm starting to see why it is that your wife wanted to leave you. <laughs> it shows he's so got just, a brain. Just, just shut him down. Just shut the dude down. Because where do you go from that? You know, you're just, you've pretty much, you've been called out on what you're doing, you know, at that point. And he just, the guy shut up and left, you know, so it, it well, here's, and, 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 uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren got completely flustered by the same group of fuckers, you know, she, yeah, she, where the guy was saying, uh, you're going to forgive all these student loans when, you know, I worked super, super hard and we actually paid off of all, all our loans and you're, and you're going to do that. And he was giving her a hard time. Yeah, I think that's the Wasn't same that, one. Yeah, yeah. It just had no, no, you know, and it's like, yeah, sorry. You know, thanks for doing the right thing, but uh, uh, you probably did not pay off the amount that these people, that well, the kids are looking re- at now. response to that is, I mean, are you are you saying that we shouldn't do anything about the mounting student debt? Are you yeah. saying that it's fair for people to have to incur this much debt simply to go to college? 
is are, are you for that? Yeah, and you're that, saying this is how this is how these people and, should and get I, and I I, I just, and then you know the, the guy is in a in a corner because he can either say well no that's not really what I mean and you can go from there. Or if he's like yes, you know, then it's like, well, you, that I, I disagree with you. I don't, I don't think that the that you should be uh, put in, uh, you should be punished so much financially simply for going to college, which uh, is all that comes down to. Dave, I, I, th- uh, I do want. to I mean, take it's our- like it's like saying. Well, anyway, never mind. I do want to take our first actual break. Sure, but weren't we going to highlight really, really quickly uh, the things we're going to – we have to talk about impeachment. So thirsty. When we come back, I think what we should do is we should wrap up this talk. We've been sort of going in and out of the primary. We've got to talk about for a little bit, is Bernie Sanders actually going to win in Iowa? Is Bernie Sanders actually going to be president of the United States? We're going to talk about that. We've got to talk about impeachment. And then uh, I think there were some other things that we were going to talk about, too, in terms of this being our uh, 10th year anniversary of podcasting. We began the Modus Operandi podcast began, I believe, on January the 10th, 2010, about the second week of of, uh, January, because we we had been hanging out and we would make dinner and having conversations. By the way, uh, listener, you have to know that Alan made delicious cheeseburgers with excellent Meat. This is uh, homegrown, grass-fed it's, meat. Right? Um, this is from the Mennonites in uh, Western Kentucky. So it, yeah, it's grass-fed uh, or, or pasture-raised um, uh, beef. That uh, yeah, it's real good. It's really, really good. Yeah, it's, sadly, the folks are just too old to, to to raise cattle anymore. We can we can talk about that when we get back. So uh, it's good. But lots uh, to talk sauteed about. Sauteed mushroom and, with Havarti yes. uh, cheese is a very very. They, and from there we would have these conversations, and then the idea of doing a podcast started. And so now here it is, ten years later, year twenty twenty, and we are doing the Modus Operandi podcast. And we have a Facebook page, don't we? Don't we want to tell our uh, listener yeah, about I'm that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that if you go to uh, facebook.com slash Mopod... Uh, 2.0? Yeah, Mo, Mopod 2.0, I think, is it will come up. If you search for Modus Operandi Podcast 2.0, you'll find it. Is that awesome picture of the Christmas party? <laughs> anyway, we got to take a break. Okay, uh, we, yeah, bye. For some reason, you're still listening to the Modus Operandi Podcast. There's got to be something wrong with us, right? Just think. For just a few dollars, your ad could be right here. Bopod. Keeping punished. Yeah, these are backwards. You've turned into me, like two, two, one. Okay, that's good. One of the most technologically <clears throat> smooth operating people I know. I can't even get his goddamn headphones straight on his head. Well, there, I. It's it's not. I think it's this that's backwards. Is it's the, all right. Let's go. But, uh, I'll, we're, we're I'll, a, I'll we're, fix it in post. We're uh, on a roll. We're, we're running. Uh, let's, okay. Uh, so the, so the, well, the, welcome back to the Modus Operandi podcast. Today's broadcast is brought to you by the Mopod brand tampons, made out of the softest merino crotch wool. 
from the best Merino rams that are out there. Of course, everyone knows that male penile wool is the most absorbent material known to man. And we put it in our tampons. Now, some women complain that they're a little bit scratchy. If that's true, well, then you can get our Mopod-branded silken tampon cases. And it'll protect your sensitive areas from the itchiness of the wool if you have this issue yourself. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program, the Mopod Podcast, the Modus Operandi Podcast, with your hosts, Alan Miller and Dr. David Overby. I'm so glad we've got sponsors for this program, Dave. If we didn't, we what would we do? And not only sponsors, but they're class acts all the way. <laughs> Nothing like all natural organic, <laughs> no crotch hair. Uh, yeah, cheers. Cheer, here's here's to ten years. Of, here's to ten years. Uh, of here's to ten years of podcasting of, of, of this shit, or, or whatever <laughs> whatever you want to call uh, it is that we're doing. Mm. Ah. Well, um, but look, uh, speaking of, of humor, shake your head if you want to, listener, but clue in and see what's really in front of you with all of this advertising. I mean, all it is is showing you people's crotches, cleavage, bodies, biceps. Perfectly white teeth that they show way it's too many of. fake it's completely fake and it's completely denigrating it, and dehumanizing. So the, the media critic that called least, it super joy. We at least have a decency to know that we're making a joke from this type of discourse and delivering a mock commercial. These other people actually believe you are so far beneath a human being. That you will watch these things called advertisements and give them a free pass. And think that there's nothing obscene. Everything about it is obscene. Primary, the Iowa caucus is in two days. Really less than two days because this is Saturday evening, Eastern Time. So by 6 o'clock Central Time... If I'm not mistaken, the polls will be closed for the Iowa caucuses. Is that roughly correct? No, I think they start at 6. They start at 6? Yeah. I, I, it's, God, they're so weird. That's what happens when you grow up and every time you turn around, there's nothing but corn! <laughs> um, and that, that and you have a, a state fair where, where you get to personally meet presidential candidates. They, It's a... Uh, uh, yeah, they they get there. They start at six, and then they caucus th- throughout the night, which involves this sort of dance of people going to one corner and then going to another corner. You know, it's okay. I support here, so I'm going to go over this corner, and wh- whoever's corner has the most people in it at the end of the night is the one that. And they make arguments, and apparently they have they like serve uh, 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 treats and stuff, and. Uh, refreshments and it's it is it's a really it's a weird thing but at the same which time, is all well and good but damn it does bernie sanders win in iowa does bernie sanders become president yes or no <sighs> that's what it's going to come down to if he wins iowa um 
and New Hampshire, uh, his chances go through the roof. Exactly. Um, and I think if he wins Iowa, they go through the roof because he's – I think being from Vermont, I know Warren is from Massachusetts, so – but still, uh, you – Bernie well, would we, Bernie would already have an advantage, you would think, being a border state guy. And I just think, in general, what happens oh, in New Iowa, Hampshire, yeah, of course. It, what happens in Iowa, tends to be the predictor. It's just that mentality. Eh, that, eh, we've we've actually in recent history, we've got a few example, quite a few examples. What was it that happened in two thousand and eight with Obama and and Hillary Clinton? Like was it because um, Hillary was gonna was gonna win? Oh yeah, in every, everyone assumed that she was gonna win. Iowa, Iowa, oh, Iowa, um, Iowa, and then Obama did. Oh, Obama won Iowa, and he just had a better ground game, and then and, almost won in New Hampshire, right? And from yeah. then on, it was a close contest. Yeah, yeah. So, the, but you're looking at in '08, Obama did win Iowa. So, yeah, I just think it's really it's really big. It's not to say that it's impossible for, but, for Bernie. But Clinton, Clinton but didn't. Just, Trump didn't. Um, so there's a lot of in examples. In 2016, of, uh, I would not have for a second said, "Now there's any way it's going to happen." But I just, um, I just think that Bernie is clearly the the best candidate, and I think that really what we're dealing with, and this is something that one rarely hears anybody talk about, besides here at the Modus Operandi podcast, and b- besides Bernie Sanders, is the 2008 economic meltdown. We are now living in 2020 with the long term effects of what you might uh, otherwise call austerity that has been imposed economically Foisted. on the, the the people. And what you were saying there at the end about what it really means to, uh, to suffer, like, oh, poor me, my taxes go up. I might have to sell one of my yachts. And to think of that as some sort of, I mean, that's what, it, that's what is this whole problem of the, the unwillingness just to be a regular, ordinary person realistically, in the world of the 21st century, it is possible to have a society where no one falls through the cracks. That's Bernie Sanders. Yet, Bernie Sanders, in the eyes of so many Americans, is seen as pie in the sky. This is unrealistic. There's no way to pay for it. Of course, that's never brought up when the wars are discussed or the military budgets that are signed off on by all of these Democrats who then turn around and rail against Donald Trump just as the Obama and Hillary Clinton supporters do. But then those same people are also uh, championing and supporting candidates who, um, uh, who who signed off on these enormous military budgets that Donald Trump wants. So you can't, in the media, be, con- be so uh, brash in your criticism of Donald Trump, but then turn around when you're signing the ink and, uh, and, and give him this incredible fortune to spend on the military. The, the Democrats have been just miserable at 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 uh, well. I mean, here's what happens: Republicans come in, they run up the deficit, they they put us in a deep debt, they don't do anything for anyone, and they they but, but except for the military. Now the the military gets just gets lauded with cash, and there's tax cuts, etc. Democrats come in, they do one thing that's kind of good for everybody. But and then, and then they maybe. they just kind of try to fix the problems that the Republicans created, but without raising the taxes back up again. Um, I mean, we have our taxes have been been lower since Reagan left office than they were when he was in office for the truly wealthy. 
So under Clinton, they went down. Under Obama, they went down. Under Trump, they plummeted. Meanwhile, our 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 public uh, pub, you know our public services, our infrastructure, everything else has declined. But we're still pumping money into the military. But it's not going to the soldiers. Decline. Here's, here's one of the things that, that 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 the fucking Trump, the maggots, and and is and the the Democratic Party, like like the the central figures of the Democratic Party do, um, is that they 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 always they won't say anything bad about military spending because it's immediately turned into you're against the the troops, you hate the troops, bullshit. This money is not going to the troops. They're they're not getting paid worth a shit. They never have been. Their VA benefits have been cut severely and and continue to be cut. Um, their 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 um, uh, care after they're done with their service is is poor at best. Um, a lot of the programs that are supposed to help with things like education have been gutted. Um, uh, placement getting out of service is is just gutted. There's none of that there. But that money is going to Raytheon and Boeing and Grumman and uh, whoever the fuck makes all the other stupid, stupid, ultra-high-tech weapons that we have. We don't need this shit. We don't need the, the F-35. We don't need the B-1 bomber. We don't, we don't need any of the uh, – and the B-1 bomber we've had for fucking 30 years. We just don't fucking need it. That's not the way war is going to be fought. And the way war is going to be fought is the way the Russians are fighting against us right now. By and, doing nothing and letting us spend all our money fighting these wars. Yeah, we keep creating new weapons. They, they, because that's what they did in the '80s when their system fell apart in Afghanistan. And who's been in Afghanistan since the dawn of time? Since the beginning of 2001, a space odyssey. The United States has. That is amazing. That uh, this is how far right the country has gone. Is that there is practically no mention of still being in a war at this point that you could effectively say is a 20-year is war. I know it didn't start until October of 2001, and I know how to do math. Even though I like Bernie Sanders. Oh, that, <laughs> That's why I want my stuff to be free, because the only number I understand is zero. Right? Well, you, can, you, can go, you can go back to when we, we installed Saddam Hussein in Iraq. I mean, it, that, the war goes back at least that far. Um, and it goes back really to well. I always to, as, think as of said, the Persian to, Gulf War of nineteen ninety one. Well, we were in, in Afghanistan when Russia was, was, was in there. Was the beginning of for me, and I said it at the time. I said this is going to be the beginning of a quagmire, and that is exactly what happened. You can go back to March of nineteen ninety one and look at the Kentucky Colonel from the University of Kentucky campus in in Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> Um, and I have not been there in a long time, and I don't have any plans on going back anytime soon. And I gave a, a speech, basically, in the middle of, uh, of campus in front of the Patterson Office Tower and said those very words. I said, this is going to be a, a, a quagmire, and it's going to be a terrible thing to do. And everybody knew at the time, even George H.W. Bush, the first of the two Bush war Presidents, and it's just amazing how there is seems to be this this protocol in place that there will be a war. <laughs> I mean, it they sounds trying to kill my daddy. It sounds like uh, like an early uh, '80s underground 
rock album, but it's like it really is true. I mean, you can hear the phone call being made uh, in the static in the background on sort of a secret line. Like you, you have got to have a war. That George H. W. Bush even admitting that it was about overcoming the Vietnam complex because Vietnam was definitely not a win. <laughs> And so America had to have another war, and it had to be a clear and decisive win. It's just like a sports team where everybody's, my team's number one, and you get your butt kicked. So you've got to make arrangements to have another game, and you're going to bring in some team that has no chance of beating you at all, and you'll destroy them. And everybody goes, rah, 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 and we're number one. Which is bad enough in sports, but in real life to do it, to you know have people... Uh, getting killed and killing other people but and Dave, the maiming and Dave, wounding. We're, and we're winning. Did you know We're that winning now. We're, and, and no we're way. We're going to get sick of winning. The, 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 no, it's impossible winning. that at this point, if, if a war goes on past a certain point and there's a certain number of losses, and especially since there is no real uh, attainable objective, the Afghanistan war cannot be won. And any war that can't, be one you can say is really a a loss. <laughs> I mean, you because of the amount of, of resources you spent, the lives lost, the money spent. But the real story, was it, the biggest was it Alexander that, that got beaten out of Afghanistan, the first the Roman emperor <clears throat> was it Alexander? I, I, was I'm it? not. I am not sure exactly. So I don't want to. No, that's a little. It's the one that marched with elephants. Uh, uh, Genghis Khan. Uh, no, no, that's it. It's that he's he marched came, with, he took uh, over the Romans. It was it was a Roman. The Roman Empire was the first empire to try to go in and take over Afghanistan. They got their, their ass whipped. The British got their ass whipped. The the Soviets got their ass whipped, and we're getting our ass whipped. And and the thing is, is that yeah, I mean, they just, just a... they just absorb it. They it's not you know we've all we've been in there since before the Soviet Union collapsed. We've had soldiers in there. They were working with what's now the Taliban. Back then, they were the mu, 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 what's it mujahideen. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we were backing them, we were arming them, we had advisors, you know, I'm using air quotes yet again, um, advisors in there, which is, we had advisors in Vietnam, tens of thousands of them in there, and they were shooting at people, you know, they, they weren't advising, they were in there actively shooting. We were doing the same thing. Uh, we, we had, you know, agents in there all the time, the whole time Soviet Union was, and we never left. Don't let anybody fucking tell you that we've ever been out of Afghanistan. We were there. We had people in place before we invaded. And those people knew that we were crazy. The people that were on the ground and in there and were doing these, yeah, they were just, just raiders and shit. That's what their job was, was to, was to, was to, was to, to keep this side propped up and, and you know, to, to kind of help them do that. That was their job, and they knew that they could do that. But they knew for fucking sure that you can't go into Afghanistan and win. And it's been it's been proven, and we keep throwing people and money at it. It's just so goddamn stupid, and we're not going to get out of there because of the the location of it, because of the 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 the, the, the Taliban and others that are in place, and it's. We can't. We're not going to change anything. They, the people that are there, have been there for thousands of years. Thousands of years. We're not going to change them. We're not going to go in and do anything. They're going to change themselves eventually. We're not going to do it, and we keep thinking we can, and it's just fucking idiotic. 
So I, 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 a lot of our foreign policy. I'll drink to that. Man. Cheers. Cheers. Salute. Uh, right, let's get off of, of this war talk and go back to uh, – uh, let's talk about the impeachment really quickly. Um, apparently it's over and done with, and uh, fuck Mitch McConnell and fuck the Republican Party. Um, that's all I've got to say about it. You? I, I'll second that. Yeah, cheers. Here, uh, salute. Uh, well, who knew podcasting could be so easy? Yeah. So, uh, all right. So we've been doing this for 10 years now. Um, 10 years. It's uh, kind of a kind of hard to believe. Uh, uh, but uh, Do you know anyone else in the 10 years we've been doing this who has become a podcaster? I, um, I've... I, know, I mean, personally, I, not that there aren't other. I, there's, there's one dude that I know that that does that has a long running one. But no, I've got one of the guys in my band has done a podcast for like two or three years, but it's very, very rare, and I don't think he does a very good job of like making it available. You know, ours has been on iTunes continuously. Um, the RSS feed has never has never been down. Um, there is not an archives available anymore. I had to clear up some space on my website, but I, I on there's a hard drive around here that has all of the episodes on it, and, and I've you have a DVD with with all the episodes on it. Um, I, I know that I, I sent you one. Um, mm. uh, yeah, you also made me a great collection of of music. Um, back in 2016, and that was when I think we went to a Bernie uh, rally and then did a podcast afterward. That was actually pretty fun, as I recall. That was like the one of the first times I had been back in, in Louisville in, in years. So it was a little odd. Yeah, and it changed a bit because we, we, we were it there. It hasn't on, changed in, at all. I in the, well, I mean, as, as far like as like the rest of the country. Where, where just, things are. I mean, like, uh, like that Nulu area where we stopped to get a drink. Like none of that shit was there when you were when you were in town. Uh, well, okay, you're right, but the idea that something has changed or happened in Louisville because a bar opens or because no, I mean, just <laughs> the, a restaurant phys- opens physically. The, the Louisville physically the location needs of where so things badly, are. and I always go back to that time, and I think it was right around the time when you moved here, and I I was I was living here was uh, that it needs to have light rail. And I can only wonder what Louisville would look like today if it had, if it was 20 years in on light rail and how much more interconnected well, you, it would be. I mean, you, be. you remember what happened. George W. Bush got elected. I mean, he there was, light rail was supposed to run um, down Preston in front of my house uh, which is the reason I bought that fucking house. George W. Bush did not get elected. George W. Bush was appointed, was by, the appointed by the Supreme Court. Yeah. And I think that is the moment that our Constitution died, that our, our government became fundamentally unconstitutional in its basis and in the genesis of its operation. I don't at all deny the threat to the Constitution uh, that the Donald Trump presidency uh, mounts. But as far as I'm concerned, the truth is this is old news. When the Supreme Court appoints the president, that's pretty much the end of it. And that's the weird thing that I don't understand about these people who 
they don't like Donald Trump, but they also don't want Bernie Sanders. They seem to have this need to hold on to something, but it's gone. It's it's already gone. Yeah, that, yeah. what do you? And back to the back to the light rail. It's it was supposed to happen, and it's gone, and it's not going to come back. There's, I, I mean, so, well, here's here's my hope, and fingers crossed because uh, if Bernie but, but, becomes well, president, it actually, could I, I've got I've got uh, two hopes here. One is that Bernie becomes president, which means that that money will go into mass transit, which means we will get light rail. Which I, I mean, if 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 this just if we just had like a crisscrossing set of like four. Um, Rail lines, one that you know, one on say Market Street, one on Broadway, and then one on Fourth Street, and one on Eighth Street, that just crisscross downtown, and then one, north south on the west side, and north then, south and then on the, the east, side, and then the original and then perpendicular tracks, and, to, then, and then the original one that went because every street in downtown used to have streetcar tracks, and they're still there underneath of the the asphalt to make it even more um, and and absurd, and 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 they're still. I mean, they're under, look at this advanced they're under Preston and, ja- and Jackson. Too. Look at this advanced system that we have. Um, you know where the stockyard banks is. You can see where they used to turn around. The tracks actually come through. Used to the, run the by there. those until I realized you can't breathe because of the smell. Yeah, oh, it's awful too. It, at certain times, it's, it's impossible. It was just like I'm not. Yeah, I've, I've run through there. Because oh, I, this I will be to, a good way to get you know, like from the from the North Highlands toward where the river is. Yeah, I used to. I used to no, it's I used not. to run through the railroad tracks through there, going over to the uh, to the Beargrass Creek, and it's it, sometimes it was just fine if the wind was in the right direction, but if it wasn't, holy shit! But anyway, the uh, uh, so the 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 orig- this the plan that was gonna be that was gonna start everything was gonna go from the uh, the stadium. For the 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 bats stadium or whatever it is, up Preston Street, all the way out to like Outer Loop or something like that, or or maybe even the mall out there, and then come back down uh, 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 mm. Jackson Street, and that would have been the start of a citywide light rail setup, and they I mean they had plans for expansion after that, but that was what was going to start it, and then as soon as George W. Bush took office. One of the first things he did was cancel all those programs nationwide, um, and and that's just that's just typical. No. And, and the thing is, though, did Obama come back in and and start that program back up? No, he did not. He right. gave he gave that's seven a- trillion dollars to fucking banks. You we know, have, it's a it's a tug of uh, tug of war, isn't it? Where you have. People are pulling on either side of a rope. Isn't that what that's called? Tug yeah, of war. Yeah, usually it's over a, a mud pit, which is you know, a, it's a tug of war where the for forty years or at this point, um, yeah, twenty twenty nineteen eighty, you know, ninety, yeah, forty forty years. It's just been pulled in one direction, and maybe you could say that it it stops or it. Uh, it goes really, really, really slow in being pulled to, to the right. But at no point does the do the people not on the right of the rope. And that's another problem. All of these uh, almost had a technological accident there. We sure wouldn't want that to happen. Um, that's another thing that I, I think the, the people who, who don't like Trump, but they also don't want Bernie Sanders, don't seem to understand, um, which is that you, you basically do have to be either on the right or on the left when it comes to politics. There just isn't any way to not be on one of those two uh, 
sides. I mean, there there is some level of social courage that is uh, th- that political existence demands of you. But at no point do the people on the left side of the rope, also known as the side that's not on the right, <laughs> do, do these people ever just stand up and start yanking and pulling on the rope like the, they own the rope too and taking it in the other direction. But that example of when Obama comes in in 08, because in 08, this, you know, we were only really eight years into what had been a pretty grim period. So if right then Obama had come in and said, no, we're going to bring this stuff back, that the, you know, the Bush presidency was a failure. It was a nightmare. But Obama just looked at it as, well, this is the direction that things have gone in. And so now my job is to take it from here and keep it going. And of course, it was a complete lie. I mean, he really is the Obamacon because he campaigned on the word change. Did he not? Wasn't that one of his? It was change and hope. Those were his. Those those were his. Yeah, uh, the ho- big ho- big words. Hopey changey, according to Sarah Palin. The, the, the hope how's that hopey changey thing working Work, out? For yeah, you? Like, boy, talk um, about another um, just complete. Uh, ridicule of the intellect and, well, it's, and Sarah Palin that what kind of culture produces not only this she, type of person she was exactly the precursor to Trump I mean she is, and, and, but, and the kind of the way that people talked about her is exactly the way they talked about Trump do you want and, to know what makes but the Sarah thing Palin, is with her is that she was at least know? legitimately white trash garbage Whereas Trump, Donald Trump isn't white trash. No, Don, Donald Trump is is Below a that? is a um, is a is a uh, rich bully shit of a fucking punk. That's what he is. Bully, I think, is is it. Pretty and, much. and he's. But I think. He's and he is. I mean, he's sadly ba- typical. Though. At heart, he is. Make... He is white trash because if you've ever seen yeah, his think... his taste in decorations, well, the whole that fast motherfucker food thing. is his. Gaudy and yes, tasteless ta- and tacky. tacky, right? Just in, into into the just whatever shines, whatever is glitzy, but no no sense of aesthetic or beauty. Yeah, there's not enough gold all. over there. Do you know what made Sarah Palin? What what uh, her catapulted m- her to big time popularity and and gave her an in in terms of being uh, a uh, somebody with a promising political career? Was it? Uh, um, Okay, there's one of two things, and and I think that, that both of these are equally true. One of them is is that she talked evangelical talk. She used that. She used. I'm talking uh, about. Uh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's because the, these are not. These are on two different poles. That's one of the things that she did that made that made her um, a figure was that she used that. A lot of that weird fucking language that she used is. The same kind of language that these evangelicals use when they're talking to each other. And it does sound like gibberish because it is gibberish. It's retarded biblical nonsense for an indoctrined class of people with with this bizarre fucking worldview that is carefully sculpted by by preachers um, in this evangelical community. That was one thing, and this is – it's all by itself – but it's not necessarily sort of a Venn diagram, I guess, because the two overlap. The other is that she was a piece of ass. She had fucking great goddamn legs, big tits, uh, a really nice body, and an objectively pretty face. 
Um, one that you can quickly learn to hate, but you know, just as far as at first glance, got to be good looking. So yeah, I mean, she was a piece of ass. I mean, that's the, that that's in in I'm say that in the most ups, uh, uh, insulting terminology I can, because that was part of what she brought to it was was that she was a piece of ass. She wore high heels, short dresses, and and it was specifically to give those fucking rednecks a boner. And, and half, I think that was that was well said. I mean, it was very uh, and those rednecks the point, under, understand the evangelical talk. Sarah Palin was a star basketball player. Was she really? Sarah Palin was the point guard of the 1982 Alaska State Champions. I did not know this. That is where Sarah Palin began her fame. And believe me, as a sports podcaster, which as you know. I happen to be. Did it's, you know that alternate uh, podcast identity. I, I, identity? Doctor Dave Overby does the most sports podcasts. Notice the similarity. The oh, you know, Dave. The, the that sin- reminds me. We should, we, should, we should do an ad at this point. Uh, this uh, podcast is brought to you by the most sports podcast. Most sports, where you'll learn shit about sports. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Well, most sports is for the intelligent sports fan, and they are out there. And I think if you can. It's it's a um, it's a, all five. I don't know. It's people it's that are. Like, all right, look. It's uh, <laughs> oh no, man. The the uh, you you know this. I mean the the most sports has um, has has really taken off. But anyway, back to Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin um, was the the point guard for the nineteen eighty two. Do you want to look this up? Since you've got your your phone there. What, what are we looking for? Uh, Sarah Palin post. Yes, like look up someone like Sarah Palin, nineteen eighty two state champions, uh, and 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 make and make sh- you know, see if that comes up. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, this phone's slow. Sarah Palin, who's but, Sarah Paulson? But but sports is a is a big time part of the culture, and if you are a 19- really good athlete. 80. That's going to very quick because what do athletes do? Especially if you play a popular sport, and I think basketball is the most popular sport in the United States. You play in front of crowds, and when you're playing in front of crowds, that's a good way to become popular. That is a good way to fairly quickly become known to a great many people. And if you're good at something, if you have a skill that other people value, and people value being a good athlete, a good basketball player, and they value winners. So if you're a good basketball player and you're on a winner, and not just a winner, but on a state champion, uh, people are going to uh, like you, and they're going to think of you as a winner. And so then you get into politics, and people are getting behind you, and they're propping you up, and she has the looks going for her, for her definitely. Um, they're going to look at her, and they associate, you know, winner. And what do people want to be associated with? And something like politics, where it's about winning and losing, they want to be associated with a winner. So... Um, I, I, well, this is going to be one of these things where okay. we would have to try like a hundred different combinations. Well, I, I couldn't remember. What, what, I, I couldn't remember what year you, you said. Nineteen eighty-two basketball uh, player. Hold on a second. This is I, I now have to to read this because it's come up here. Okay. Um, uh, 
McGinnis's Sarah Palin biography just landed on our desk, and let's see, uh, uh, oh, where is it? Sarah Palin snorted cocaine off fifty-five gallon oil drum and had affairs with NBA star. We'll see. There's uh, a basketball so, thing, so, right? So there, there's basketball. Right of, so you said 1982. Yeah, a 19- basketball player, 1982. Well, it, the thing is, is, shouldn't Sarah Palin like come up on like, like Wikipedia, and then you could scroll down, and something like I early s- life would come I up, d- and you could I click on that? I, and- I don't do. I don't do the internet on my phone. Uh, the Wazilla Wazilla Warriors. Uh, basketball yeah. state championship, 1982. It's right there. Yeah, yeah, there it is. She was on YouTube, so they've got a. She was wired to win. In the yeah, short well, excerpt from ESPN. You want to just bring that up for a second? That's pretty good, is it not? I mean, you're you're listening to a podcast. How many other people know that Sarah Palin was the uh, starting point guard for the 1982 Alaska State Championship team? She's, uh, we are just a little tiny town outside of Anchorage, the underdogs. We had set out early on in, in the season saying we were going to be state champs. Remember, you know, they were laughing at us. There was no way we were going to get there. Uh, it's no, it's uh, it. Hoosiers comes to Alaska. So, but that's that's what did it. I mean that that's that's the, that sort of big time early success that props a person up that gets them in front of the crowd in a favorable light, and then they can start to say, "Yes, I like her." But over time, if you get one little peel back off of that veneer. You've got to see a miserable human being, which has always puzzled me about people who are attractive and talented. What's their problem? You know, I you know I don't have any talent, and and I'm not really that attractive. I mean, I don't have the pus puddle for a face like I did in high school. And um, you, you do have the, the the mad doctor hair going on right now. That, yeah, but uh, that doesn't necessarily have to be which, associated. Which, which hopefully, the uh, uh, dear listener, there will be a, a new picture up. I'm trying to try to take some tomorrow um, of us uh, to to add to this because. Uh, but if somebody who old, isn't who's not uh, as the you know big time uh, good looking like the Sarah Palin well, like me or uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, and also swinging a really you know, big dick. So, <laughs> just, you know, uh, so obvious that it becomes, I guess... Look uh, at my blindingly white you know, smile. <laughs> tra- transparent. Um, hey, I look just like know, somebody and, laid a railroad tracks in my mouth. And look how perfectly straight they are and even. Yeah. But what do you think accounts for that? I think it's... I think it's a... They've been. Uh, it, it has to do with uh, focus she, on. She looks good on TV. She looks on, like she ought to be. She looks like a Fox that, News uh, uh, right. whore. You know, one of the, one of those. Sure. One of those. One of those leggy. Doesn't. Um, it, it, if only she were bleached. You mean like Kennedy? You know who Kennedy is? She's always wearing those mini skirts. Kennedy's good. Good looking. I like Kennedy. Can, can I tell you Kennedy on uh, on Fox News? I've got to tell you this because it's so funny. And I know I know what Fox News is. I, I know it's like. Ultra ultra right wing and all, but it, it, the, we live in such. You've said this in such interesting times in such just weird, bizarre sort of convoluted, um, where it's like sort of everything spilled out of itself and into everything else a little bit. But th- Kennedy did this interview about um, cannabis legalization, and she had an advocate for a cannabis organization. She had this other guy, this other guy who's the reefer madness guy. He works for the smart approaches to marijuana. He's like, oh, we shouldn't do this, right? 
So she does this interview, and it's Fox, so you've got to be thinking, or you could be thinking uh, uh, that, well, she's going to be against legalization. Because they've got some some real dorks uh, on there that are still stu- stuck in this in this notion. And they, what makes it even worse is that they try to be cool and seem like they're funny, and they're still like, oh, this is such a crazy, whacked out thing. These people decriminalized. Oh, wow, that's wacky, wacky. But the, but the sad thing <laughs> is, is I think most... Most Americans and most Democrats still have that stereotype of cannabis use, even if maybe they have backed off on their t- super psychotic being being against it oh, and wanting to see people remember, get punished. Yeah, there was a, 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 a Kentucky, a Kentucky uh, totally sh- shut down this this guy from Smart Approaches to Marijuana. Totally just shut him down. She she uh, as soon as he would oh, start that's, making that's like, good to hear she destroyed him. I mean, it was the best. It was one of the best interviews, honestly, that I've ever seen. There period was, on anything, much less in terms of cannabis. And you would never see something like that on MSNBC. There was a a, a, a Kentucky state uh, uh, rep. Um, and she's a black, um, uh, woman from, oh fuck, where is she from? Uh, Bowling Green or one of the, one of the, one of the cities that has one a, of the few places in Kentucky that has black people. Yeah. One, one of the cities that has a, uh, they're in the Richmond is heavily black. Uh, uh, but one, one of the sort of larger ones that, yeah, that's, that, yeah maybe larger, it wasn't larger towns. so fair. This, uh, there, 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 there were, there's a lot of descendants of slaves in this state. Um, because we had plantations and they were big, uh, but a lot of those hell, people, my, a lot my, of those people, my family, went. my family had had like over a dozen slaves. The Duttons did, um, and and they uh, actually uh, one of them, uh, Pete Dutton, stayed with the family after he was freed until he died. He's buried in our graveyard, and his relatives have come down and visited. And oddly enough, it just so happens I know from uh, twenty three of me, I've got a lot of black relatives. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, there we go. So, yeah, n- none of us is clean. You know what I'm saying? But uh, 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 <laughs> she she literally was was quoting the the uh, there's only one race, the human race. The sa- the same shit that we were taught in high school. Hey, I'm in, the one in, who likes basketball. In, in man. Our, our don't high- be getting all like you. You're more black than I am. <laughs> in our high school. I'm going to go out. I'm to, the basketball go out guy to the court here. and 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 talk shit. Um, I she, play basketball. She was the, the, don't, the, the, you're, you're, I'm not making this what up. We were talking taught in uh, in health in our health classes about pot. You know that it would that it would lead. It was a gateway drug. The gateway you'd drug. Start doing. Church. You know, if you were going to do pot, you do heroin. She was doing all that shit like last year. Last year, she's quoting. It's like, where the fuck have you been? We've California has had legalized pot for fucking what six years now, and you don't know anything about how it's gone. Colorado, the opposite of everything we were taught about pot has come true. Drug addiction has gone down. Crime rates have gone down. Uh, I mean, it's just everything that was negative about pot has been disproven completely by this by Colorado by itself. In 1996, California de facto already legalized it. I think that their whole premise with making it medical was that it was a first step to just full legalization and making it medical was a way for them to keep it contained within the state because you had to be a California resident. Mm -hmm. You know, you couldn't just go to uh, California on vacation and get your card and then 
and then stock up and then and then go. Which you can do now without a card. Uh, There's uh, no card. You just got to. Well, and you can do it in more places than show a driver's license. I got to tell you, if there's one thing, and this is, and um, uh, we've got to do something like this. We've been podcasting for a decade. What's the story of the decade? I would have to say for me, it's uh, cannabis legalization, at least state level legalization. We're still not at federal legalization. And I think there is a significant amount at stake in terms of the 2020 election as to whether that final step can be uh, uh, taken. Um, but well, I, that's one thing that San- Sanders, Sanders I mean, is one of the few candidates. Uh, I think maybe Yang has come out and said this, and and maybe Buttigieg um, that are that that they're that they're on the record saying that they're for complete. I don't think Warren has. You know, I'll, they're I'm for not legalized sure she's, marijuana. I mean, she's always bringing up that it's wrong to be incarcerated. You always hear that. <laughs> oh, we shouldn't. You know, be lenient on him. Like, well, here's an idea: the most lenient thing you can do is just to make it legal and start treating. People like they are adults. Quit infantilizing people and saying, you can be a bureaucrat and sit in an office and look at a bunch of abstract representations of the world and then decide what's best for everybody. Well, just imagine... Nobody wants that. uh, Imagine the world where... it is the most big government... The the money that we put into police forces going and busting people for drugs. If we just stopped busting people for drugs and started treating those that have problems with them, like we do with alcohol, um, yeah. Imagine, imagine how. Did but, you know there's that, a program? Why will that never happen, Dave? It's because the desire to punish. We, we we would not be giving money to our militarized police so that they can walk around in their goddamn armor with their with their high capacity guns and their 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 utility totally belts insanity. that make it's, Batman's utility belt look like a joke. You know the and, the unquestioning obedience to. Our militarized culture is the most disturbing attribute of American society today, and it has infected both Democrats and Republicans. Most Democrats are unquestioningly obedient when it comes to having a militarized society. Um, if you heard that, uh, I think it was just a couple of days ago, the uh, um, the gun people went and marched through the state capital of Kentucky with face masks on, camouflage, uh, Kevlar vests, uh, semi-automatic weapons, you know, their, their, their AK-47s and, and, and shit um, loaded, that that was allowed to happen. This is the world we live in. I'm telling you. It's the if, Wild if, West, if, man. If you, if it you is the somebody, If you took somebody just, from, from 1980 and you just drop them in a random place where this kind of shit's going on. Just put them in a in a place where there's a cop. They'd be terrified. I can't imagine what it would have been like to have walked into a store and there being a goddamn cop there in armor, in fucking armor, standing there. I I can remember when when I was a kid, you know, cops would have a belt on that had handcuffs. And a revolver. And that was it. They had a badge and a hat and a they uniform. Also, they also looked like humans. They looked yeah, yeah. like normal people. And some of them still still do. But 
and I and a I will lot say, of I will say, a lot of steroid riddled motherfuckers out there with it, tattoos but, yeah, but, up their necks but and it isn't, fucking I mean, Nazi haircuts. It, it and, isn't just them though. It's kind of the culture in general has become uh, militarized, and I've seen more of, uh, of that look. I mean, I people don't look. I mean, athletes like you look at it. Watch a baseball game from the early '80s. I mean, they almost look like they're malnourished. But of course, they're professional athletes. Some of the best athletes in the world playing a very difficult game that requires a lot of strength. You look at these people today, man, and they are—they're jacked. And it's got to be a combination of who knows what being put into our food. And oh, I don't man, know. Dude, I mean, it's, dude, it's fucking drugs. Are you kidding me? Those nobody gets like that just from from working out, and especially. If you're a baseball player... You mean eating a protein shake and, yeah. and a banana doesn't make you yeah, cut? Yeah, yeah. Don't I, you think I look cut? Um, Am I starting to look you, good? You're definitely a lot thinner. When we come back here on uh, the uh, Modus Operandi podcast, uh, among other things, we're going to talk about Dr. Dave Overby's workout regimen. And, and mine, then. It's just begun. As a matter of fact, let's take a, let's take a break at this point because uh, I'm, once again, out of a, a beverage. And uh, we'll be right back um, after this messenger message from our sponsor. That's right. It's time for another message from Mopod Tampons, made out of the softest, most absorbent crotch wool known to man. Comes from special merino. I <laughs> got no fucking idea. idea. No, no idea. All right. Is this just like? <laughs> did you have a psychotic break? And just I. Thank you for listening to the Modus Operandi Podcast. This episode was recorded at the IFPR Studios in Louisville, Kentucky, with Dr. David Overby and Alan Miller. Produced, engineered, edited, and mixed by Alan Miller. Intro music by the Institute for Psychic Reform, remixed by Hydropod. Outro music by Hydropod. Mixed by the Institute for Psychic Reform. Please join us again in a couple of months for the 206th episode of the Modus Operandi podcast. Mopod. It will not break. This is all easily replaceable. What I always think about when I'm smoking pot is. The dishwasher. <laughs> you got to clean it up, man. It's not. Mm. Wait, I've got, I've got, I've got a did new. Did you know? I've no. got a new product. Okay, you ready? <coughs> <coughs> Just for men. <laughs> she Just for men. It's the new like Mopod. Erectile Dysfunction Cure. Yes, that's right. It's the Mopod Dick Stick. Simply slide the dick stick into your urethra, and your erectile problems are over. Get your pod on. Man, this is a hybrid genre. It's a combination that... 
in prior systems of media was not possible. It's a, in some ways, it's kind of an adult comedy show. It's political commentary. And and a sketch and sketch program, I, and I it's just, it's entertainment. And I also think that just podcasting is simply an exploratory art form. I mean, it's we're doing something at a frontier. Mopod is a vanguard. You know, the, I, the podcaster is a vanguard. Is that not fair to say? Yeah, I I think that um um. Uh, the the way that the format has developed, I mean, it is it is very much sort of like AM radio, except without the constraints of you know you have to hit your a certain marks and um, you know because when you're on the radio and uh, I know that <clears throat> um, when you're on the radio you have to uh, modulate your voice particularly well. You have to not say uh a lot, which I just broke a second ago. You cannot have a moment where you're not filling time with your voice and speaking. And you cannot let it lag for even the briefest moment. You also have to hit certain marks, you know, top of the hour, 15 after, uh, the half an hour after, 15 till, or, you know, 10 after, It's like you're doing a weather after. report, man. Did you know that the very first words of the Modus Operandi podcast back on January the 10th, 2010, you got us started, and you began, and uh, you were feeling your way you were kind of going a little bit slow and you were saying um and then one of the things you said right away was and one of the things we're trying to do is to learn not to say um <laughs> in terms of like this is but do you do you, do you remember that at all I, do you I, our very first I, I, I kind of do yeah i kind of do that's that's funny and yeah. i think that the uh that the saints were in the super bowl or getting ready to be in the super bowl because didn't we watch them win a playoff game like before doing a podcast right Around that time, was was this was this, just post, was this post Katrina? Was this a year after Katrina? No, this would this was 2010. This was uh, this would have been. So this is the sec- That was right, would be yeah. the second time that they made. Well, it, it was. Or I, that they I were... finally talked you into into going out uh, to a sports bar, to a bar to watch sports, and you went. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of times it'll be like, "Come on, man, go out." You know, watch it. And you're just like, "No, nah, I don't want to." It's like, yeah, okay. so well, yeah, sports, sports are sports are not my thing, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, um, it, it's which is weird because in New Orleans, but you do appreciate the, the, sports. The, the Saints were the oh, I on a casual, I, when, like enjoyable. We're going to watch the Super Bowl tomorrow for uh, the the most sports podcast, which you can find at Facebook dot com slash most sports, uh, and. Um, uh, also, psychicreform.com slash mosports, which uh, which has a badly upkept uh, um, uh, archives that goes back about 10 episodes, 12. Um, man, you've, you've put out a lot of those. You're, oh, you're over podcast. 50 now, aren't you? Yes, and it's really doing, it's really doing great. I mean, it's, uh, it is, uh, let's see, in November of 2018, uh, there were 12 people who liked it. And it really didn't start to get going until the summer of 2017. It was during the NBA playoffs of 2017 that I think most sports really gained its independence. It gained its sovereignty as a podcast because it started out as a segment of Modus Operandi podcast. And I think that's the thing with a podcast Sporty sports, sports. is that it's so wide ranging. A podcast is is wide ranging in a way that you simply can't capture 
with any prior genre, and yet you can see all of these other earlier genres in the podcast. I mean, you can associate something, and you're like, well, these guys sound like they're kind of serious. I mean, they're kind of intense about this primary, and now all of a sudden this guy's doing this you know, ridiculous satire commercial about tampons. Like, what the hell's going on? And it's just, but that's what I think is a real artistic energy in the podcast, which in a lot of way, TV is pretty stale. I mean, I enjoy TV. I appreciate it, but it is awfully stale. Well, po- podcasting is uh, one of the things that, that's so enjoyable about it is it, it's such a, it's a, on several levels, it's a very conversational kind of, of, it it's the same kind of banter we would be doing at a party, except we're doing it deliberately into a microphone. But we're still just sort of like able to just to just bounce off of things and 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 go and just go wherever Here's we want to go. I think it goes in and out of a conversation and being like a conversation. I think that the longer we do it, the more it starts to sound like a conversation because we really are having a conversation. I mean, even if you've got two guys in a room doing a sports talk show and they're you know formalized and they're going by a schedule and uh doing segments and being timed and rehearsed and so forth it's still you have more than one person in a room and they're talking it's a conversation of one kind or another so the longer it goes on in a lot of ways the more it just kind of smooths out and and i think becomes just more uh, spontaneous um uh but it can also be verge on in some ways more of a uh, soliloquy or or a solo act for example earlier i really enjoyed it when you were getting into really vividly stating what it actually means to suffer in in terms of honest real economic terms that you would never hear on this baloney superficial uh just a farce a circus of this liberal media that things have turned into and when i was talking about kennedy and doing that thing on cannabis legalization she was just totally embarrassing and shutting down and ridiculing the the prohibition advocate this is honestly what i think is i mean fox is definitely on the 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 edge of of being right and yet in a weird way msnbc never goes as far left as Fox somehow actually will do. Well, that's I tell you what Fox was doing right there, and and this is um, and this this is actually is on brand from them, is that she was following the heavy the libertarian uh, 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 course, which that dimension and this is a mistake of of, of the, the Democrats of the Democrats liberals and the liberals is ignoring those people. Well, and is also is not is not understanding that there is such a thing as liberal libertarianism. Where you want the government out of your right. life, you want all the fucking stupid goddamn punitive laws that are be- that are aimed at behavior. You want those removed, moral, religious, but you based. still want your tax money to right. be spent on the social welfare, on the general welfare of the people, as opposed to for wars and for and for foreign uh, um, engagement and for. No, th- I think of the Rand Paul type as this type who would come out and say something like the wars are well, wrong, but that same person would also say we shouldn't have our national parks. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's where that's, I think you're out of your that mind. Is, like, that's conservative libertarianism. There is a liberal libertarianism, well, which, you may is, as well call which yourself is that, that you want universal health care. But that want- kind of a libertarian should just go ahead and call himself an anarchist, because that's what you're talking about. Like, which, which, should, which one? The left one? No, the one on the right. You should just say you're an anarchist if you just... Because like, what the, what the... A government is there to do so. The, um, 
there's an emergency, and then what happens? Nothing, because you just you don't you wouldn't have anything. Yeah, I think like, that's I think that's what they want. They that's want, great. That's not that you're not a libertarian, you know. Yeah, you, you because want the, you that want has the, some. You're you're just you're. And they and you're they, an they anarchist. Seem to, they seem to be okay lost. with the idea that like you would just have to in another world. You, like this you'd have stuff to pay tolls to use roads is, and bridges and, and you know, they'd thing, all be privately what do you think owned. Of this, uh, coronavirus, like the whole the whole city of Wuhan, a whole city. There's millions of people. They're in. They're they're quarantined. Oh no like, no! It's it's seven you, cities at this point in China. Yeah, it's a great big. It's a very large area around there. Um, the well, the World Health Organization. Does it concern you at all? Um, it's a little, yeah, uh, because it's it is a um, apparently quite virulent um, and, and and is easy to transfer between people, which is scary. Uh, we've got a couple of cases here, and as I heard someone say, uh, and this was about uh, closing borders um, in Hong Kong. It's like we you just you can't you can't close all the borders because if you do. People, the whole economy people, would shut down. Well, people are yeah, that would happen. But people are still going to cross the borders. They're just not going to do it at the at the at the regular checkpoints, and which means there's no way that you can catch somebody that's coming in with symptoms, you know, because they're, right. they're going to come in a different way, and they may yeah. have gotten sick on the way to that other place, mm-hmm. but they can still get in. And from what they're saying, what China is reporting right now sounds bad, mm-hmm. and people on the ground there say it's much much worse than that. That they're they're estimating like five times the number that China has said have it and have died from it at this point because a lot of people aren't going to hospitals because a they're going to be quarantined if they go to the hospital and b if they don't have the coronavirus they're going to catch it when they're at the hospital. I'm in such a good mood since I since I brought this up. <laughs> Did you know? I, it, it you is, it's the, a little bit scary. It hey, is scary, and that is a uh, but, yeah. but that I mean, is. That, I think you're a fool to say you, that you're not worried about. And, and it. since I'm this is the it. last year of the decade, uh, uh, 2020, because of course it began um, in uh, 20, 2011. Anyway, um, let's get to the point. But uh, so yeah, I, in a, in a way, this may be the biggest story of the decade. Some some sort if, of purging. If if it does escape, because it is pretty fucking deadly at this point. I mean they they're they're well they're over two hundred deaths and they that they that they tell this that they have out of five thousand cases. That's a lot. That's a heavy death toll. Um but it's not as bad as the swine flu, the the nineteen seventeen well, no, no. swine flu. Well, there was a swine flu thing going on in two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that. But the, it, they called it also the Spanish flu. Because yeah, because I uh, I remember having kind of a little bit of, of of symptoms and going out with these friends of mine to drink and kind of being upset because. Like with drinking, I mean, if you've got like a little bit of a cold at, at all, I mean, it could just, it's like you, you know, you want to go out and enjoy it, but. Yeah, it's not. Well, if you got the flu, and there, it and is so, definitely not. That's, when they were just like, and, you know, and then here's, you know, Dave has the swine flu, and then I, you know, but, uh, and I may have had like something. But here's the thing isn't this similar to the SARS? Yeah, uh, yeah. Coron- but, it's a coronavirus. Okay, but SARS was in Toronto. SARS was in Canada. Yeah. And you want to know why I know that? Because I was there. I was in Toronto in April of 2003 for a conference, and that whole SARS thing was going. And I went with a friend of mine, a colleague, and we're still good friends. 
today. He's a great man. He's an accomplished uh, artist now living uh, out west. And we were both just like, no, we're, we're going to go. And and it was it was when it was when you kind of feel the other person and a friendship becomes like even stronger. One, it was an international adventure. Like we're gonna go, we're gonna cross the border. We're gonna go to we're gonna go to Canada. And but um, you were also going into the the heart of uh, the SARS air epidemic in North America. And we not only that, but we were going into uh, it. So happened that the Toronto had gotten dumped with a bunch of snow. And get this, like you would think, well, but you're in Canada, right? So they've got to be expert at like getting the streets clean and all that. But no, because it is Canada. And it does have that, I mean, I don't want to say totally socialist, but here's how it works. On March 31st is the last day that they clean the streets, that they'll get the snow off the roads. That's it. So it's something like from October, from like November 1 to March the 31st, they'll be the best in the world. And 24-7, no matter when or where or how, they are there with the best equipment done as, as clear as it could possibly be. And by God, on April the 1st, they're like, that's it. We're done. <laughs> if it snows a lot, deal with it. And so- I kind of I kind of like that. So everywhere we went... Not only was there SARS. <laughs> Did you ever see the? Oh, what is that uh, cartoon called? The one uh, uh, South Park. South Park, yeah, yeah, the, where they have the. It's like I rub them, rub them every, with SARS, every, every, rub them with every, SARS. The, every, <laughs> everyone <laughs> grab a Chinaman and, and rub and rub them rub, with rub, SARS. <laughs> rub, rub, rub SARS rub, on the, the rub them on the blankets. Yeah, everyone grab SARS a Chinaman. Blanket, I mean. So, I mean, we were in the middle of that, and I didn't. I, I walked around in Toronto and was looking at like it wasn't like the the total end of the world, but the whole thing of like an entire city or seven cities like being quarantined. Yeesh, you know. I mean, my whole thing is from what I've heard is that it's there's a two week incubation that they're estimating maximum, and this has been going on for about a week. So I'm kind of going to be on edge for another week. And then I want to see where things are by, say, you know, February the 8th. If by yeah, if, if it's, Valentine's Day, if we're not dead, it was, we should be okay. It was identified about three weeks ago. And mm-hmm. um, I think the first – about a week ago is when the first cases outside of China started to show up. Here's what the the bad news is, is that it's the it's the United States, it's it's Canada, um, Australia, Japan, Myanmar, Nigeria. Uh fuck. There's like two other African countries that it's shown up in, um, and uh, I think India. It's that's bad because those are heavily populated. It's heavy, heavily populated. They're very close together. Um, it's, it's one of those where it apparently can be transferred from, uh, from, uh, like, uh, the moisture in your breath. So, and of course, sneezing and coughing is part of the, uh, the symptoms of it. Um, uh, so it, particulate matter, it can spread God, very, very man. easily. So, yeah, once it, uh, <clears throat> they seem to, everybody seems to be grabbing the, the, the new patients as they, as they show up in these other countries pretty quickly. Uh, but we've had the first, uh, I think this was yesterday, the first confirmed case of person to person transmission 
in America, in, in the United States. That happened in Washington. The, a man came back from, from, from there. He had it. His wife had contact with him a week before he showed symptoms. Um, and uh, he was diagnosed with it, and she was separated from him at that point. So she was in contact with him before he was symptomatic. Uh, he went to the hospital by himself, I don't think, with her. So there's like there's so they're saying now that it you it is easily transmissible well before you have symptoms which means you don't know who has it you don't know who has it exactly so who to who to keep out of the general population yeah they they don't have the fever yet so how are you going <clears> to <throat> find them how are you going to spot them coming in well this is the thing there was a report about it and the person at the end just in a somewhat impromptu way which you seldom see from the sort of stiff corporate media was like scary stuff. And so I thought about that and it's like, and then you go back and you look at all of these other things that we lose our minds and fuss over. And then you see this and it's like, see, this is what a real problem is. You know, it's a real problem when no one, but no one disagrees or denies it. And when you have issues like, and I cannot believe at this point that cannabis, (laughs) prohibition is anything that anybody still cares about blows my mind but you should look at this thing like the coronavirus and just be like are you are you still going to say that with you know all these states and these people that that have legalized it and you can just easily go and watch has the world come to an end no the most you do know that for my 50th birthday that i went uh, uh back to colorado i hadn't been there in a few years since the horrible flooding of 2013 did i tell you that Mm-mm. Wow, we I know we visited before doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I went. I went I, out you there. You might have mentioned it. Well, briefly everybody at knows. Christmas. Uh, sure, but here's the thing. I mean, we can get more into it, but just let me follow through on this one point because you go to Colorado and and I, I've lived in, in, in Colorado a couple of times. And here's the thing: is that not only do you not go to Colorado and think, "Oh man, look at you know like the legal pot," you know, people don't look so good. Everybody looks great in a country that's known for its obesity and its lethargy and slov- oh, yeah, especially uh, Den- sloven- yeah, it's just amazing. slovenliness. And, but everywhere, I mean, you go out into those mountain places, even at the higher elevations, I mean, people are out, and it makes sense. It's a beautiful place. The weather's always so great. It's, it's kind of uh, sickening in a way, in a wonderful way. It's just... But it is like every single day you look like, wow, it's so beautiful. And even if it gets cloudy, that just means it's going to snow and the snow is going to be pretty. So people are always out. It's either skiing or hiking, bicycling, running, outdoor activities are prolific. So you're insane if you're going to associate. Here's what I think people are really learning about cannabis. Cannabis is about health and wellness. It really isn't about partying. It's, it only became integrated in partying because there was no other cultural outlet for it. You know, where else was it going to go? It had to stay underground. So you had to find some way to, to do it. Now, I'm not saying that it doesn't, um, uh, it, it, it's not something to enjoy at a party, but it's, uh, it really is worlds away from. Oh, no, no, Dave. The, There's nothing worse than being in a, than, than a group, group, group of people standing around smoking <laughs> pot together. Oh, <laughs> uh, you should always smoke pot by yourself. So just to, for your health and your comfort. 
uh, I, you know, music events were have, have from 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 the jazz age have been where uh, where marijuana was openly smoked by people, um, um, and, and which is one one of the reasons it was made illegal in the first place was to was so that they destroy could, the music scene. Well, it's because blacks and whites were getting together and smoking and, and getting pot along and and, 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 and doing jazz, cool. and so they had to find a way to bust the black musicians. Well, they had to find a way to get the whites <laughs> away from the blacks, so yeah, that there wouldn't was, be that cross cultural influence. Yeah, and it's you know, well, if you go there, there's a chance you're going to get arrested for being there, and then it'll be splashed all over the newspapers, and you'll be a, a in lover. Well, and sure, but that's the but, but but I mean, why do that? There's there's a twisted obsession with wanting to keep the the whites and the blacks separate. You know, the one obvious way, of course, is the scare tactic of trying to get. Well, I mean, being a a white person, in case you hadn't noticed, <laughs> um, I had never thought about it, Dave. <laughs> yes, a white person, a smooth in America, a smooth smooth rhythm in my in my voice and and delivery. And uh, yes, you know the the ladies just can't stay away. Uh, but but <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Dave. You know you can cough, but I'll tell you what: if we're going to talk about the this you know whole whole past uh, uh, decade, I would have to say that my uh, when I get around to you know really writing my memoirs. Uh, this past decade, and everybody knows it. I mean, I really had a total, you know, movie star romance life. I was, I look back on it, I was like, man, I was dating like crazy. There were all these women all over the country, just, just neck deep in, in. That, but it's no, I'm not. This part isn't the being silly, man. I, you know, what was going on? I was going here, there, seeing people, and then. When that happens, of course, is when you actually find a local girlfriend. And then what happens? It all falls apart simultaneously, like pillars, different pillars along a column just falling down. And I guess I've been single for a while. It was good for me to be single for a while because, sadly, without question, death being the most tragic thing of the past decade, if we're going to talk about the... um, If we're going to talk about... The uh, what the story of the decade would be, I think, you know, what was kind of a low point, maybe, and then we will have to get to a high point. But the low point, I mean, would have been sadly the loss of the Von Goodnesses, and then of course my dad passing away in 2016, and actually today would be just, uh, I think, three days past the you know fourth anniversary of uh, my dad passing. So, Dad, I hope you're happy and glad that I'm doing a podcast and you're up there listening. And I hope you're having a prime rib with Winston Churchill. There is no up there. We don't know what's going on, man. He's dead. Uh, well, I know he's dead. But you don't know what happens after death. Are you dead? Are you going to say that you're dead? I'm just the way physics... Are you omniscient? The way physics work, you're just dead. We don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, well, I just... Conscious... I, I, I'm pretty sure from my own experience and, and just from... Being a, a a nerd and 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 well, it is easily ha- believable having, having had a that we degree. invent as human beings the whole idea of an afterlife as a means to cope with our mortality, which is that's sublime that's exactly and daunting. What we do, but the- but at the same time, it is so the universe and life itself is so unfathomable that I don't think we can speak of certainty with one 
regard or way or another about anything. Well, the the thing is, is that uh, I mean, I'm, I am a hundred percent positive that the us is contained in our nervous system, um, and, which includes the brain. And any any alteration of the brain changes the person, and there, so there is no continuous well, being no continu- there's it's all dependent on that being alive and yeah, well fit but that I traffic mean, song would say that the spirit is something that no one destroys you know the whole idea of of the medicine you know there is something non-material it's a cultural thing other cultures would more embrace it look it's, it wasn't really I, meant I, to go People I, can think whatever they want. I have no problem with somebody who says you die and that's yeah. it. I think that regardless of what happens, you should definitely live for today. It is a sham. You are not being good to yourself if what you are doing every day, every single day, isn't something that is important to you, meaningful to you, embracing life, embracing the people who are sacred to you and who you love and doing things that you love is definitely what you should be doing with your human life. You should not be living it like it's a credit card commercial or some sort of sales job for retirement wait, wait, where wait. you can just assume that you're going to live to be... It's ridiculous. Like You have these people... Look, they either look like they are 42 years old and we're supposed to believe that they're retired or they are 70 years old by which time you would not have any interest in doing these things that you see these people doing. And besides, it couldn't be fun. It just, there's no way. I mean, I, I'm glad I did. I wish I had traveled earlier than I did. But the, I, when I, the peak of my traveling, I was in my early 30s, which is in some ways a pretty good time to be doing that stuff. You know, you're still pretty young. but When, you, when I was in my early 30s, I was playing in rock bands and fucking models. So... Well, that's the, I mean, that's the perfect time to be doing that. Yeah. Though I, you know, tell you what, I'd be doing it right now. Hey, call me record companies. <laughs> by the way, all the music's yeah, I mean, done by I me. Was, hey. Well, and I would, you know, I was, uh, I was kind of in the, in the scene in, in Amsterdam and had been, uh, invited to Greece to I, spend. Uh, I want to play music in Amsterdam so spend, bad. Why don't we do that? Why don't we make up our mind that w- that next year at some point we can do that? We could go next February. Why February, Alan? Because it's cheap. Well, tomorrow it's the cheapest time t- to go. Tomorrow you're going to see my the the my new band because we're gonna. I've got we've got rehearsal tomorrow. We we're, we're supposed to be recording, but my uh, and. I, apologies, a uh, 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 podcast listener. If you've made it this far, you've you've forgiven us for the sound quality. We're we're using a single point stereo microphone because uh, my um, interface uh, that I use to to so I've got multiple microphones um, has uh, disappeared. It was being repaired by Tascam in California was sent to me UPS and then was never delivered and has just vanished from the face of the earth. 
Um, and I was expecting to have it for this so that we would, each of us would have a separate microphone so we would be nice and up in your ears like this. You know, this is something I was going to say earlier about, and I, I can't even remember what we were just talking about. I don't care. Uh, the, one of the things about a podcast is that it's, you almost always listen to a podcast in your headphones. Um, if you're listening to it, it's extremely personal. So you're listening in on, Say the the two of us talking. So we're having a conversation here. The two of us are talking, and and it's it's going back and forth. And when you're listening to it as a podcast listener, you're sitting right there. You're right where that microphone is, uh, listening to to the two of us talk. So it's extremely personal. And when it's the most sports, when it's just you, you're talking directly into somebody's face. You're, you, I mean, it, it, you could be just right here, the, the way that, I mean, I don't put any reverb well, on it. sports is an in-your-face kind of game. Speaking of in-your-face, the new Mopod Facial Redo. It's made with pure human semen. And now back to the show. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Podcasts are right in your ears. You can't get away from them. <laughs> you can't escape. Um, it's a, but that's another artistic dimension to the podcast that does, in some ways, make it a new and distinct art form. And it's interesting to explore it as both something that is a synergistic hybrid of prior art forms you know and in a way it is its own thing and the fact that we have been doing this podcast for 10 years is significant as a cultural development regardless of what people would say in their dismissive smart ass like well you know who are you guys you're not okay well who are you the 200 200 billionth person to use facebook today who are you, the person that is bravely sitting around on Twitter, blowing people's minds? The, to do a podcast is actually something that involves preparation, effort, and thoughtfulness. And some degree of expertise that in some ways is entertaining for its eccentricity, as in, excuse me, did someone happen to know that Sarah Palin was the star point guard of the 1982 Alaskan State Girls Championship basketball team? How often do you hear about that? How often do people bring out the 2008 uh, economic meltdown? You know, um, there are all of these you know, combinations of factors going into a podcast that make it so clearly distinct from general and sort of generic internet use. But to have done it for ten years, that's what makes this particular podcast. Because you're not just hearing a podcast, but you're hearing it done by two people: one who have known each other for their entire lives, two both who independently of of, of each other have a background, different backgrounds uh, in terms of of artistic expression and accomplishments, and then coming together over the last ten years in terms of doing a podcast. The uh, 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 what was the point I was going to make? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take one in just a second. The um, there's another kind of podcast that's that's out there. <clears throat> that's what I wanted. 
there's another kind of podcast that's out there, um, and it's more like the um, episodic radio programs of old, where it's scripted. There's sound effects. Um, it's it's very much a um, used as a storytelling format, um, and I think that's one of the things that is really cool about podcasting is that it does it runs the gamut from something that's you know a, a format kind of that's happened before. Though of course, all the one of the wonderful things about podcasts is that they're never time constricted. That's that that you they can be of any of various lengths because that is an excellent point. You never you know you can have one that's an hour and three minutes, and that would not go on the radio because at the top of the hour you have to stop and say what the name of the station is. Um, I mean that's you you can do programs that are exactly uh, fifty nine minutes long. Um, that works just fine because you have to say at the top of the hour. This is WAAW Murray, your progressive rock station. And then you have to go back to the show. There has to be a break there. You can say it over the top of the pre-pro. Can I jump in and say something stuff, real fast? But it's I, ugly when you do I it. think that there was an unexamined assumption that if you do a program and you say it's 30 minutes, the assumption was, well, then the next one has to be 30 minutes, and then 30 minutes, and then 30 minutes. It could never be that... If you do this episode, it'll be 30 minutes. The next one will be 34 minutes. The next one will be 27 minutes. One will be 43. The next one will be 29. <clears throat> like that would have just, blo- it would have blown people's minds. They just, you couldn't think that. Like the sitcom oh, yeah, is just like, it has to be this, 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 this. We'll get the commercial breaks in here. You have to, this it's, line it's this tw- is it's come 22 minutes in, you have to bring in eight the, minute the, segments. You know, who's, who's going to be the, how... who's going to be the heavy or who's going to be the, you know, the good looking, uh, a younger woman that comes in and, and jazzes things up. You know, that's going to come in at the you know seven minutes and, and seven seconds, and they time the stuff down. And there's a point which it reaches an apex, and it's like here's what you're really good at, it, and then it becomes totally stale and it's dead. And the uh, great thing uh, about the podcast is what you just said in terms uh, of it. okay. So back to what I was trying to say, so that we can take our break. Um, I am I'm building a new podcast, and I, I've got uh, parts and bits of 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 two of the first episodes in in they're they're being constructed um <clears throat> i'm going to it's called uh story time with alan evil and what i will do is um make up a script i'll, I'll get i'll give myself the be- the beginning the middle and the end as as vague concepts and then i will um improvise the entire script um, uh, by myself, I will then actually take that, use some of the original pieces, but then re-record the other parts to be the individual voices of all the different characters and then move them so that they overlap and remove where I'm talking to myself and, and trying to trying to explain to myself what I want to do next and make it into a story, give it a soundtrack, and and release them one at a time. Um, I'm going to try to put three in the can, and do it every month. So that's story time with Alan Evil, um, and I'm pretty sure that I've got an email still active called story time story time with Alan Evil at gmail dot com. I think that's right. Um, I will I will kind of I will post a link on the uh, Mopod um, uh, psychicform dot com uh, slash Mopod. The page that's there, um, I'll put story time with Alan Evil 
uh, as a link there, and, and you'll be able to, to find it. Um, I hope to have these out in the next couple of months. That's a project I'm working on. So uh, we're going to take yet another break, uh, and we're going to come back and finish this thing off. Uh, this is the Modus Operandi Podcast, and we love you. Um, and now for a message from our sponsor. This is for the men. It's the Mopod Erectile Dysfunction Stick. The Dick Stick. That's right. Stick the Modus Operandi Podcast Dick Stick. Up your ether, and your erectile dysfunction problems will be gone forever. That's right, walk around with your flag staff at full staff. Mopod Dick Stick. Get your pod on. Welcome back to the Motor Stop Randi Podcast, brought to you by Mopod Brand Steak. Mopod Steak. It's probably beef. And also brought to you by Mopod Home Security Systems. If the internet can get into your house, anything can. You need Mopod Security Systems. That's Mopod at 555. Nine three seven two, and now back to your regularly special program. Uh, so I want to talk about one of my favorite uh, memories from the previous decade. It actually, at this point, I think would go back to how far back? God, this would be at least about fourteen years. But I want to talk about road rage because we—I've always had a lot of fun recalling this story, especially around you, Alan. And you always, you seem to be in so many ways such a adventurous, you know, pretty you know, uh, liberal, defiant guy, a musician. But you always kind of sh- you know shake your head a little bit in almost kind of a, a prudish way when I bring up my road rage story, which I think is just awesome. What is your problem, man? I just, you, I no. No, just you don't. Just don't. There's, there's. When you're on the, you're dri- you're, you're driving a machine that can kill things. But I wasn't like, the one. I wasn't the one driving. <laughs> well, then you're inspiring somebody else to be mad at this you. other person. <laughs> didn't need any inspiration, and it's just we're in a cultural. Battle. It's again this idea of that you're you're trying to you know play it close to the vest. You're trying to be cautious, and that maybe makes sense in times of prosperity. You live in times of austerity. The fight is already underway. And you've already lost the Wait, early battles. But how are you? <laughs> How does that you screaming out of a window at people in the on the interstate defiance? What really? Yes, is it really? Is what it, would you call it? Um, what are you going to do? You know, you going to let people bel- run you off the road? Belligerence? What are you going to? Then again, it's only belligerence if it's unprovoked. 
No, no. If you, you can also just like back <laughs> off, you know, just go like, fuck, yeah. what, what an asshole and sit the fuck back down because you it, could. it's not going to change yeah. anything. You could. And then you can let that 24 year old die of diabetes because she can't get her insulin. You can do that too. But that's not the way that Dr. Dave Overby rolls. So you're delivering a lot of insulin by shouting? No, I'm setting an example that, by God, that kind of crap isn't going to happen anymore. That is crazy. Really really quickly. Who listens to that and thinks, oh, that doesn't matter. That's just part of life. It's not perfect. Really quickly recount the story. Capitalism isn't a perfect system. Uh, Okay, so so this would have been the summer of 2006, leaving a baseball game um, with some... A little bit of license and just for the sake of not giving too much unnecessary specificity away, we'll just say leaving a baseball game, which could be anywhere in the country go, go ahead, where there's go a baseball we know, we, we know. No, real quick. Leaving a baseball game on a highway. Well, you've already, in your haste, what are you in a hurry for? What what time is it? Midnight? It is Do you so have to late. be somewhere? I've got to go to we're, sleep. We're in the IFPR studios doing the 10th anniversary it. of the Modus Operandi podcast. You should be relaxed, having a good time. It's a Saturday freaking night. It's Sunday morning. Relax, man. I'm old. I'm old. Got to go to bed. Got to go to bed. You're not old. You're being pathetic. I'm old. Get your second wind. Oh. No, actually, uh, uh, go. Yeah. So, all right. So, this uh, um, we're leaving the parking lot. Somebody comes out of nowhere and cuts us off right as we're about to get on the interstate and blows the horn. And my friend driving had, you could say, it is perhaps controversial, but nonetheless an understandable reaction, and just said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh." And floored it. And so we get on the interstate, chase the guy down. We deliberately weaved back and forth through the lanes as an act of intimidation. And as we came up on the car, and I think I had my shirt off for some reason. It was summertime. It was baseball. And I leaned out of the window, and I screamed at the guy. I said, I hate your guts. You know, and screw you. I mean, if you're listening to the podcast, I still hate your guts. What gives you the right to cut somebody off because they don't want to get on the interstate? And who says that the other person doesn't have a right to retaliate? I'm sick of this tame mentality that, you know, I can be punked on and I, look at how mature, look at how, it's like, you know, the 2016 brother, look at how emotionally mature I am. You know, like everybody can just. Be as aggressive and in your face is completely uncalled for act. Like, what am I doing? That's the whole thing. All we would have done is we would have gotten in the car and we would have left the stadium and driven home. What you're talking about, this is why I think it's completely unfair and borderline slanderous to say it's belligerent. Belligerent would be... We're leaving the game. We got. We got. You know. We got. Yelled at him. We did it for a reason. But what did it do? It made me feel better, (laughs) and it told that worthless cunt (coughs) how I felt. It did nothing.
It hardly didn't do anything. <laughs> it was a blast. <laughs> it's so dumb. Oh. What's dumb is doing something like that and not expecting the person to retaliate. You were talking about light rail. Well, it's, you, the, it's the same thing. You fought, it's the same thing. If, like, if you were going to gonna actually, cut the light if, rail, if you were going to actually action reaction. It's William Blake. Without contraries, there's no progression. Okay, if, if if the other person is going to make it's or it's first blood. It's Sylvester you Stallone. Did, you did not if, retaliate. All you did was 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 was. Of course, it's a retaliation. Was, was be, no, all you did was was be dangerous for a minute and 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 slightly scary. If you were actually going to retaliate, you would have calmly dangerous and slightly scary. You would have calmly so, followed the person all the way to their home and then beaten them senseless when you got there. No, that's what being belligerent would have been. There wasn't no violence involved. It was all no, psychological. No, doesn't involve violence. It involves a, a, a being threatening. And what do you think? Leaning out of a window with your shirt off and screaming, "I hate your guts!" is if it's not belligerent. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> So that's what if you're. I think you know, it was. That's what if your top thing. I would call. Life. I would call it a, a measured and composed response <laughs> to a completely unprovoked and uncalled for encroachment on <laughs> personal space that caused a safety hazard. Whereas when we were doing eighty on 80, the interstate, 80, that wasn't a safety hazard. Storming across four different lanes in the guy's rearview mirror. We were completely in control of what we were doing, and we had it was a collaborative effort to make an appropriate yeah. response to Swer- an unprovoked swerving intrusion, back, swerving back and forth across lanes. Not a safety hazard at all. Nope, a, a guy with his shirt off standing up out of a window. <laughs> nope, not a safety hazard in any way. I'm pretty sure I had my seatbelt on. How are you leaning out of a window with your seatbelt on? You can do that. Not safely. <laughs> it's It was summertime. I mean, I had the, the window was to, rolled the, down. It was the, great. If the guy had, had swung over into you while you're leaning out of the window, it would have been... I have been driving a car for... You weren't driving. No, I've said this repeatedly. Like, it was a collaborative effort. It was my friend driving. But if so the, we, if the other guy had had decided fuck these guys and had, had sideswiped you, it probably would have hurt, and it would have just gotten even better. I don't. think It would so, have been even more you, fun if 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 someone slammed a car into you, you would have ended up going to the hospital. But that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, lucky you. In, tr- <laughs> in, in, tr- in Trump's America, it would happen. Why? Why? Wh- why are we lucky? Because somebody deliberately cut us off on purpose. Uh, because he d- he didn't then retaliate against your retaliation. You're just sounding too much like Nancy Grace. I mean, you've got to lighten up. You can't go on here and do these, you know, somewhat I sort just, of profane, satirical. I just, I just, I just, uh, advertisements I just think, about tampons. I think dr- I, driving like that, there's just, there's, it's not good. It's not so good. when here's another question: Will you put me back on your newsfeed? It is ludicrous 
to remove someone because he chooses to post pictures of his pizzas without accompanying linguistic commentary. I ask you what's on it's them and you won't tell me. It's a personal choice. I don't, I don't want to see them. I don't want to see these pictures that I don't that that without context. It's I I want to know what's on them. You won't tell me what's on them. But your reaction is so extreme. No, it's not. I don't see them now. I, I'm not seeing them anymore. Every single time you I saw them, only, I, I would only. I would ask you what they were. You wouldn't tell me, and then you'd say, you know, the people that it matters that knows know. Well, if it doesn't matter that I whether or I not I know what's that. on the pizzas. Then I'm not going to see the pictures of the I pizzas. Didn't, I didn't say that. I said no one else cares. You know, it's just, it's. can't you respect the fact that it's my page and that what I want to do is just to use if pictorial I, if and I visual want, representation. Now, when I, when I check in on what and you're doing, your, I do it by... The only thing is, is this, is that with respect to just that one thing, it blocks out like there are all these other things like well, i wish that I, alan had seen me post this or say this or this other person is saying this but of course he's gone only because of this i just think it's an overreaction That's i all. did the same thing to your sister over hillary clinton which is really insane to think that me not saying what is on a pizza that i made is I, as bad as the things that she is saying to other people about what happened with Hillary Clinton. If you were, if top. you were to then, when I ask you what was on the pizza, just tell me what's on the pizza. Okay. Then this would not be an issue. I'll but make you, you a deal. Won't do it. I'll do that if you'll put me back on your feet. All right. Is that fair? When I ask what this picture of a greasy cheese thing is, but you ask other ridiculous questions like you don't even know what it is. It a pizza or is it a golf club? I mean, you know it's a pizza. What's the red stuff? Is it somebody's esophagus or is it a tomato? Like, you you made these beautiful pizzas for uh, Mason's 18th birthday. You, and it was like, you have you said, close-ups like, of the surface of a I pizza. Know. It Look, could be a picture of part Venus. Of is, okay, <laughs> let, me, let me say that it's one of the things is I've been somewhat inspired by my friend out west who is an abstract artist. Okay. And I, in some ways, enjoy the idea of representing my pizzas as abstract art. And in some ways, I really hadn't even formulated that until just now. So forgive me if okay, I if okay, I had to then, if, if I was a little bit uh what you know obstinate or deflective or uh uh unaccommodating, uh whatever word you would like to choose. But maybe I needed to go there. That's I, I it was sort of an artistic reason for doing it. I What's wrong? Sorry, you looked at me like yeah, no. Your your headphone looks really weird when you turn your head, but it's no, it's fine. It's just me. I look weird. Do, do you think that you know? I really like Greta Thun- Thunberg, but don't you think she she looks kind of weird? I'm not she, making fun she, of her she, at all. I she think has, she's wonderful. Well, she's uh, she's actually um, that uh, sort of. Uh, she's from Norway. Is that where she's Sweden? From? Sweden. Mm-hmm. That Nordic. There is that face, which is this perfectly oval, with the with the very uh, soft eyes and very small features and everything like that. She's kind of typical of that, but she has uh, the affect of of someone with autism. Her the the expression muscles in her face aren't 
the same. They're not. They don't act the same as most people's do. Where you know, which is why she's so fucking intense looking when she's talking, because she's not. She doesn't have crinkles of of where her eyes are being pulled up into this, or you know, there's these involuntary things going on her face. She's just like solid, you know, projection of of a thought without any of these sort of like subtle cues going on on her face, which looks a little, it's a little off-putting in a way, but at the same time, it gives her such force. Because she's a little tiny thing. She's yeah, that's another thing I noticed. Did you see that when she took a picture of some other activists, the, these people who are her, her same age... And she is the clearly the the smallest of the group. Yeah, and she's you, a little you think baby. of her as someone as young, but you look at her and it's like uh, she's <clears throat> she's small. But I, I mean, I have sort of, uh, I mean, I you know, I really admire her, and maybe it's a, just a, a reflection of me and my own cognitive and psychological condition, but. I feel a great sense of ease when I look at her and listen to her talk. Mm. Whereas for most other people, I feel, um, I don't want to say threatened. That's way too, that's way too extreme, but made uncomfortable because, I, because the, the, there's, the, there's the, no the, deception, the there's, fakeness. Yes. There's the no. deception. I can, it, for, for me, it is plain as day when I'm talking to most people that, that there's, it's ninety percent deception. Well, there's, there's, and other people. It's like and, a majority thing. If you're no, in the no, majority, everyone's going to be cool with I, it. I think, I think ninety percent is a little strong, but there's, there's always a calculation going on, and that's, that's what shows up in the face. There's a, there's a calculation of if I say this, then that. But it means you they know? don't really know what they're talking about, or, or they don't have conviction, or they're not. They're it does not that they don't know, but that they're, they're, they're couching it. That they're, you know, that they're kind of altering that. Uh, and, I think they're and, grooming victims, and you see the you see the way that uh, <laughs> okay, the the way like like maggots talk about stuff. They always have the sort of maggots. The, what are you talking about? Uh, the MAGA people uh, uh, make America great again. Uh, yeah, but put a T and an S on the end of it, and okay. you get maggots. I was like, what um, is they um, really lost my mind. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, there's a, a trademark, uh, which is not. I've seen it. A million other people use that uh, that shorthand, uh, um, but it's. I prefer it because the, those people. But anyway, they they their faces have this the pinched anger of people that know they're lying, um, but right. don't care because it's it's, That's, it's pin, pinched it's, anger is great. This is why you needed me to make you stay up this. Long because sometimes when you're really beginning to get tired, but if there can be some element to push you, you can really that pinched anger phrase or image is spot on. Yeah, and you, you that's can, what we you, do. You, you feel it. You feel it with them. They're they're uh, uh, so uh, we we need to take a, a real quick break. This podcast is brought to you by the Modus Operandi Podcast, Dick Stick. That's right, the Mobod Dick Stick. And remember Modus Operandi Podcast Home Security Systems. You're vulnerable if this podcast can get inside your home, in your computer, and in your head. Anything can! You need the Modus Operandi Home Security System. Call now. Your life depends on it. 
also brought to you by the Modus Operandi podcast, Mopod Tampon, made out of the softest, most absorbent, male merit merino wool bearing sheep scrotum <laughs> hairs. <laughs> And now with a special Mopod <laughs> silk sleeve. So you can put it in to keep that that soft, soft, absorbent merino ram wool scrotum hair from itching your cooch. Call today. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, I, I don't have uh, my my band, uh, which we're going to uh, uh, have a rehearsal tomorrow. Dave's going to be coming with me. He will be able to witness it. After which, we're going to watch the Super Bowl. That's right. Um, and uh, uh, I, I can't. I don't know when our next gig is. We're we're hoping to do something before the end of February, but. Uh, my drummer's schedule is just such a wreck. Um, he keeps going out of town to do shit with his girlfriend. What a douche. Um, I don't fucking care. Um, but uh, um, would like to... We're good. We're really good live. I think you're going to get a huge kick out of the, uh, this tomorrow. Um, let's see. What else is going on? Um, you can get lamps from me. Um, uh, uh, but I can't even tell you how to get them. So, uh, just email me at, um, at, uh, mopod at psychicreform.com and I, I'll uh, give you information about them. I've really just cool. got to say, like, what we need to be able to do is to start some kind of new business system where we have the <clears throat> podcast studio and a bed and breakfast. So where I will make omelets and gourmet pizzas and make sure I tell people what they are. Oh, you should. They're going to eat them. <clears throat> and I have to say again, the burger that Alan made this evening, I just don't think you could surpass it. <clears throat> I used to work at a grill that was the uh, it was yearly. Uh, and I can't, <clears throat> what the fuck was the name of that grill? The Boot? It was in The Boot. The Boot was the bar. And the grill had another name, um, but it was it was every year was rated as the ranked as the best um, the best burger in New Orleans, which is a huge statement. You know, for any food thing to 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 be the best in New Orleans is pretty. All right, and it's just I mean, basically, it's it. All right, I'm going to tell you the secrets of this, ladies and gentlemen. You you need the meat together, and you make. Um, um, a good round patty with thick edges and a thin center. You you pinch the center of it so that it's thin. Uh, throw that on the grill. Uh, you pile uh, once it's the. Uh, give it about three minutes. Flip it. Um, pile mushrooms on top of it. Uh, put your cheese on it. I wanted to use Swiss cheese, but I didn't have any, so I used Havarti, which doesn't really have the bite that I would like, but it was still good. Uh, you put that over over the uh, top of the mushrooms, 
um, cover them and let until the cheese is melted and you've got a, a perfectly cooked uh, burger. Uh, and uh, let's see the mushrooms. Uh, let's see, I put two packages of two eight ounce packages of sliced mushrooms in uh, with about um, <clears throat> with a stick of butter missing about a, a, two, a tablespoon or two tablespoons off of the end of it. Um, and just cooked those until they were completely cooked through. Little salt, tiny splash of Worcestershire sauce, and let's see what else. Uh, red onion that was cut thin. The red onion was real good. Uh, nice, good, sweet red onion. Um, one slice of that pickle. Um, toasted buns with mayonnaise on them. That's it. Uh huh. Straight up. And that's that's the thing about so many. Well, it's also very very good beef that it was made out of. Um, so many recipes. The simpler they are, the better they are. Um, uh, uh, for instance, is that uh, uh, the the um, oh, what's the, f- the fucking made with the the the, the Italian rice? Um, 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 uzo or orzo? Yeah, the orzo rice. What's the name of that fucking recipe? That uh, the we did it with the smoked beef that time. I've done that a bunch of times since then. It is so goddamn good. It is ah, uh, it's an Italian thing. Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm. I'm almost there. Um, I can't think of it, man. <laughs> We've been podcasting for three hours, and I finally, my brain said, "I'm done." All right. Let's see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to the. I internet will not here. answer any more questions. Uh, no brain. Um, You've tormented me my whole life. You can at least tell me what is this called? Risotto. Risotto. I, I just had put in smoked beef and uh, risotto. Yeah, with uh, risotto. But that's that's another one. There's not very many ingredients in it. You know, it's just the right order and the right amounts. It, and you don't it. It tastes incredibly rich and fancy and stuff. Eh. I mean, really, it's it's one of those recipes where you just stir shit for a long time. It's like gumbo. Like gumbo, it's like, oh my god, so complicated. No, not really. You fucking yeah. stand there and you stir 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 and you stir. And once That's the roux is right, you, you, put, you put some shit in there and you stir and you stir and you stir. It would be so awesome. It's flour, yeast, and water, cheese, and tomato, pomodoro, <laughs> some vegetables, some caramelized onion, peppers, mushrooms. You know, I make I make uh, pizzas here uh, for because I I'm I am the cook I'm I'm literally like the family cook. Do so you guys I'm, have I'm cooking a grill? Um, the other than the one that I just you mean a griddle. Grill, G R I L. Right, the ones that you did the burgers on. Yeah, yeah. You can grill pizzas on. Oh yeah, I know. Perfect. Yeah. I've got a piece of stone. I just you can lay it in there and and throw the pizza on the pizza stone. You also, know, I've got one of those pans. No, with, I'm talking just right on the the grill. Forget the stone. Just. Psh. I don't think mine. My pizza crusts are so thin. I don't. I'm not sure they would survive the transfer to the to the grill. 
You start them out on parchment paper, and oh. then when they pump, when they uh, get a little bit solid, you just take the parchment paper out from under it, rotate it a little bit so it's not all you know the ed the grill marks. Yes, the grill marks aren't all concentrated on one place. The great thing is if you do that and you cover the grill, you get a holistic convex cooking where you're almost steaming the pizza. Mm. It's like a steamed pizza. Yeah, because I, I, I've done this. It's awesome. We're going to take a quick break and then yet once again prepare for our final segment on the Modus Operandi podcast. Is this, this is what, the 203rd? Yep. The 203rd episode. This is Alan Miller from the Institute of Psychic Reform. And Dr. Dave Overby, thank you for listening. Please continue to listen. Look for us. We are up about, we're what, doing a bi-monthly podcast? Is that what it is? It would appear to be bi-monthly. That we, did, we did one uh, back in November. It's January. We're probably looking then to do another one maybe, what, early April? This being February? Seems like the last time that we, we visited and did one of these, it was... Uh, around like late March, early April, and a thunderstorm came during the middle of the night. That was really awesome. Uh, so we're gonna look for us on our uh, Facebook page, and uh, it looks like it's gonna be a uh, bi-monthly podcast with the enhanced excitement of possibly even having more than that. But we'll be back. After this. Motors Aperanda Podcast brought to you by Mopod Dick Sticks. Mopod Dick Sticks. Shove it up your dick. It'll make it hard. Get your Mopod on. Man, these are really good. Can you make me one more of these? this microphone upside down it would be right oh well I'm going to flip it anyway when I put it in the <clears throat> welcome back to the Modus Operandi podcast with your host Alan Miller and Dr. Dave Overby I think we've been going for a good two and a half hours strong mm-hmm. actually and maybe you can take this part out of the recording Yeah, that was the reason for asking. Uh, 
Yeah, we can. Uh, where do we, where do we empty this? Uh, the trash can. Oops. Somebody's massaging me. That's your problem. Your screen is clogged. Uh, let's see if I got something to push through. The oh, did you get knocking out? That's right here. Take off your headphones. Here, wait. Just do the hand. Alright. Yay. What do you think this weed came from? I've got no fucking idea. California? I would think so, but I really don't know. It's just like dense as it can be. It's like, God. You know, and it's not like, uh, what did they used to call it? Brick weed, you know, that stuff mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. you would get you would get a bag and you were like, bullshit. And, you know, it would last you like a month, like that much. And you're like, what the fuck? Tie stick was like that. Did you, did you ever have tie stick? One one time at yeah. a at a Grateful Dead show. Yeah, it's just in like the parking lot. Oh, oh, you, oh, yeah, fucking stupid strong that shit. Yeah, uh, it's like, but yeah, it the the weed itself. I mean, it literally, it's like this little stick about this big around. But it was probably that big around to start off with. I mean, it's just been smashed down because they tie it in a certain way, and then they keep tightening it until it's this. <clears throat> It, yeah, tie stick is fucking ridiculous. I, I that's actually don't they dip, possibly the most stoned I've ever been in my life was smoking tie stick. Don't they dip that in opium? Oh, it's possible. That's why I thought it was part of the. You know, made it like hot. 
Because it's where a lot of you know. I used to I used to get opium in New Orleans. Used to deal that shit. I remember you brought it to the Christmas party one time. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, opium, man. God. I I mean, that's I I would I would smoke that right now. I I I would do. I I I don't want heroin. I don't care for the really strong shit, but fucking opium is really pleasant. Yeah. Pleasant's a great word. And the thing about opium... The taste I, is incredible. Oh, oh, this is the way it smells. I mean, it just makes your whole house smell fantastic. It's one of my favorite parts about it. The best incense in the world. Um, I, I, after having it for a while, I, I mean, and, and that's the difference with me and, and, and a lot of people is that um, um, I would smoke it and then... The next day I would have some and I would just, it it wasn't any good. But if I had some and then waited about a week and had some, it was the same every time. Because there was just such a really wonderful little wave that comes with the first, you know, the first inhalation of, of it when you haven't had it for a long time. There's this wave that kind of runs up your backbone. It's just, it feels really cool. And uh, and that you don't get that after that first time, you know, um, unless you take a break. Is that the lighter? Uh, that is not. Mm. Yeah, I'm used to getting up at seven in the morning, so this is getting real late. Oh, we haven't. I, I know what to talk but, about coming in. Yes, but you're seeing me, and it's our tenth anniversary podcast. Stay up this one night. You'll be okay. You'll I know, but we've got. There's tomorrow, so. So, I know that you've been on a on a big fitness kick recently. So I'll just start off with a, with mine, which is much smaller. Um, I finally have taken up again uh, doing um, weightlifting and uh, well, just weightlifting. Uh, that's that's really we've got a. a uh, membership at at the uh, the Y. There's a brand new one. Um, uh, uh, there's a. Here, wait, I'll let you. Here, go ahead and put that away. I'll start over. Let the big trucks. <gasps> So, Dave, you were wanting to talk about your um, uh, recent exercise regimen, and I will start with mine, because it will take less time. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, uh, we just got a membership to the, the the Y. There's a brand new one down here at 18th and Broadway. That is, I mean, it is nice. It's not huge, but it's got uh, a full size pool. Um, very nice weights uh, stuff upstairs. Downstairs has all sorts of exercise bikes and, uh, well, not bike. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of recumbent bikes, uh, treadmills, stair step things, various kinds of stair step things, you know, skiing things. Um, and the, the, I'm not sure what they're called. They're, they're like resistance machines, you know, so it's, it's like basically all the weightlifting exercises except they're, they they've got uh, tensioning things on. Uh, they're not. They're more like Nautilusy kind of, of of things. And then upstairs is free weights, but they also have some sort of machines that have weights on them. You know, so you're actually lifting weights as opposed to the um, cable things. Um, but there's there's just there's a couple of bikes up up there. There's there's one of those uh, ski things where you've. You you stand on it. There's downstairs. There's some that I, I don't know. There's various things all through the place. And there's an entire room. This is actually pretty cool. I've I've thought about doing this myself. Um, that is full of bicycles, and they all face this big screen TV. And you can set what the course is outside the door, and then you go in and hop on one of the bicycles, and it you ride through you know Utah. Uh, you know, Monument Valley, you the the Swiss Alps, and and it it adjusts your how hard it is to go uphill and downhill, etc. According to what you're looking at, so you're it, but you're going through these places, and it's 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 pretty fucking cool. Uh, what else do they have? There's a track that goes around upstairs, goes around the uh, the weightlifting area. Uh, there's a whole section for uh, those medicine balls and kettle kettlebells and and that kind of stuff. I haven't gotten. Do you do the kettlebells? Have you gotten into those at all? Well, I've been pumping iron with intensity and commitment since April, and since this is February, that's got to be. Well, this is the beginning of February, so, but it's got to be nine months, right? Because it's February, yeah. March, April. You've, you've done a and pre- I tell you pregnancy what, man, worth of lifting weights. The um, I really went at it because at the beginning of 2020. I can really feel the need for me to slow down. But this is what I decided that I would do with my January to begin the year 2020. I went for a run on January the 1st. And when I say run, I mean running basic outdoors basically on a flat path with a few slight uh, uh, inclines. But nothing... This is in Murray, right? Well, yeah, out in out in the country. Yeah, West, um, West Kentucky for, for listeners has very few hills, and they're few and far between. So, and running for about seventy minutes, because for a while my runs would be averaging, I would say, between forty and forty-five minutes, and then uh, I the weather was bad, and I ran indoors on a treadmill where you can time your runs. And the um, knowing that the maximum option was one full hour, I decided that's what I was going to do. And, and ever since then, I've just decided that's how it has to be. 
Because that's the way that I used to do these runs when I was in probably, well, the best shape of my life, if for no other reason, because I was in the prime of my life. And there is such a thing as the prime of your life. And it's it's just amazing how fleeting and elusive... It's right around 30. Th- th- that it is, yeah. Th- your early 30s. It's just, you're, you're still young, but you've got enough age that you you have a little bit of wisdom and you're really kind of keying in on this is who I am and want to be and everything's oh, and you, fine. You are and also the best looking you will ever be in yes, your life. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably I mean, right. that's, that's just a fact. That's actually, that's, that's, they've narrowed it down. It's 30. I've, I've I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I think personally for me that right now I look the best that I've ever looked and I believe in individuality. And I also think there is such a thing as the late bloomer. Yes. I mean, this is really true. Will you wait until you're 50? <laughs> no, you're you're yeah well you okay i, you I finally bloomed i hey, skipped a few sets now i'm not talking why, about i'm not that's why i'm not talking this thing about coming out of the top of your see, head see this yeah. is why you always want to do one more segment on the podcast because you never know when a line like that is going to come up that's right ladies and gentlemen i finally hit 50 and with that puberty at last has arrived he's bloomed finally getting to shave you know uh too much shaving cream on the first try and then cutting myself a little bit but i've I'm figuring it out. I'm doing well. His voice has finally changed. But no, I figured heard him a year ago. But certainly, when it came to going through puberty, I think this is certainly true for males. Like the females tend to go through uh, puberty earlier than males, if I'm not mistaken, and it tends to be a little more uniform. Did, yeah, but with Denise, men, it's Denise just, told me. Well, okay, I'm it's sorry. Just, it's very. I think it's it's very uh, spread out because I remember being like in the seventh grade. And there were some guys that were already shaving and would be a lot taller than me. And it's like, wow, this is kind of weird. It's kind of intimidating. And then all of a sudden I get into high school and I have this big growth spurt. Like all of a sudden I'm really tall. And yet still in terms of my face, you know, I look like I'm nine. Right. And that goes on until, you know, I'm, I don't know, 26. (laughs) Dude, and then have you seen so have I you figure, seen my high school have you seen my high school I figure uh, uh, if uh, you have to endure that, picture you know and I all had of a, these my mustache was yes. such an embarrassment yeah but, but I had you, one yes you had one <laughs> you had one and everybody else had one they had that same kind of mustache like you're not ready for a mustache but, but you're, you're growing doing one. it anyway everybody was doing that I mean the celebrities were doing it well, I mean Ma- there are all those well, people Ma- like, Magnum PI was on so it was okay to have a mustache yeah but that's still way out there, man. That is so way out there, that sort of influence and that time of your life when... I mean, it's exciting when it's happening. You're, lo- you're looking at yourself, and it just blows your mind, though, to, be, to realize like how far gone that is. And now, all you are, as a human being, at this point, is just something that is getting older. That's the oh. only thing that you're doing. Yeah, there's, 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 there's there, no, there is no, yeah, upward uh, path with regard to anything. But that doesn't mean the the benefit though of the sort of the trade off. If you were a late bloomer, then it is possible that finally, when you get to be fifty, you start to look good. I mean, it may, and it may be a sort, you know, like self image uh, crap and yes, all of that. But yes, you're just it, is. Being like, uh, it, it is. I you uh, um. You at your at your most self loathing uh, uh, point. Well, so much for that. Um, at, at your most self loathing uh, uh, points, I, I can remember uh, 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 several utterly disinterested females who who, uh, who 
who did not handle you well, um, all admitted that you you had you you had good good facial features. You were you were healthy. You looked good, but you, you're just you're you're a pill. You can be a I pill. Think, I think that what Alan is doing here, and again to you know, it's just leave the details out. But rather than speak of this aggregate of the massive American population of females. I think what he's really doing is talking about one woman who had an observation about me that no. I would not a hundred percent deny. It's, it's more, but what's more aggravating one. is okay, it might be two. <laughs> but anyway, the thing is from my perspective, it's anyway. kind of going back to um Oh, the sort of the, uh, the 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 Thunberg thing in terms of how you register other people's uh, facial or nonverbal emissions. So it would be it's <laughs> a funny term for it. Um, it would be along the lines of these people that you could look at one individual and say, "Well, there are these things that are kind of off about this person." And since most other people would not have that particular thing that would be off about them, it would stand out. But then that particular person they're talking about can see in all these other people all these different things that are off about them. But they fit in because other people have that same way of being off. Being off. I've... I'm not. I've often wondered whether, because um, apparently I have the world's worst poker face, but I'm really good at doing impersonations of people. Um, so for brief moments, I'm able to be a different like actor in something where I'm I'm not giving a tell visually, but when. I play, play poker or any other thing where you have to be yourself but blank. I fail miserably, apparently. So instead of just being able to take on a role and be the... Like, in this scene, you play the person that's playing a card game. And yeah. And you're good at it. Yeah, I... I but, well... But, but that's the thing I, about a look, card game is, is that well, you... Here's part an of it is that you're sitting you there say chatting this. with everybody. What if it's possible that human real in real life, human beings are too complex to be defined in the terms that dominate the culture in terms of the way that we talk about one another? We're just not as good as fucking dolphins. Dolphins... They talk. They they talk to each other. They talk uh, about each other, and but you can't hide anything. So they're just they can't help but be, you know. They, they might tease each other and 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 have fun and play, but they everybody knows what's going on because they're in the water. You can't be very secretive when you're in the water because it all broadcasts out and people can hear, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, dolphins can hear. I don't. Oh. I don't want to be speciesist. Ist. Here's oh I'm glad this popped in my mind. So today in 2020 we look at people and say autistic, uh, obsessive compulsive, anxiety, depression, bipolar, 
Narcissistic. Narcissistic. And what we need to do instead is say normal, 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 normal. Eh, I don't know. It's you don't know. It's it's, it's, you a, think it's, it's, it's a spectrum, but you I think that it's helping us <laughs> that all people do is see themselves in terms of what's wrong with them. Oh, as far as individuals do. No, I'm, I'm no, no I'm, society. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking from a complete. I'm thinking from a. Because a, it's a joke. I'm, I'm thinking look, from a medical point of view. Look, we're look. We're sort of winding down. So let me get. To the, I don't think there's anything wrong with Greta Thunberg at all. I think she's great. I think she's smart. I think she's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with her. She is perhaps unusual. She's. Um, you you can't yeah, you, you couldn't you couldn't say she's, she's maybe a one of a kind she's not she's not Why exactly say normal the same thing but it, but these are just so these terms are so overused and excessively influential on the way people think about one another that it's just become completely worthless and a joke and a waste of time. She's mildly autistic. And and that's something. But it serves no purpose to think about that when you're trying to relate to her. Like it just gets in the way. It's all it does. I don't. Well, I mean, it does. It doesn't for me. But then again, I've no. It's I've, I've, like, got, I've got the better part of a psych degree. So I, I've, when I hear that, it's like I kind of understand. There's there's such grad, well, gradations of that from from the from the absolutely. You know, incapable of functioning, drooling which, person to say yeah, that yeah, my, somebody my, that can my, um, go to the Davos conference oh, and they're the same person, oh, yeah, and yeah. we couldn't possibly reconsider yeah, yeah. the explanatory value of this construct or diagnostic term. That's uh, something that should be examined. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I mean, drooling versus you can put this person with the same. Uh, problem because we would assume that this is a problem. It's not like you know, hey, let's all breed people with autism together to get more autistic people who are made even more <laughs> super autistic. They'll be idiot savant times a million. They'll be the only people to survive the coronavirus, which won't matter because nothing good is ever going to happen again. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to the Modus Operandi Podcast. This episode was recorded at the IFBR Studios in Louisville, Kentucky, with Dr. David Overby and Alan Miller. Produced, engineered, edited, and mixed by Alan Miller. Intro music by the Institute for Psychic Reform, remixed by Hydropod. Outro music is by Hydropod, remixed by the Institute for Psychic Reform. Also in this episode, the soothing tones of the great Raymond Scott and the magnificent Esquivel. Please join us again in a couple of months for the 204th episode. Thank you for listening.
it. Um, okay, we'll, run, we'll just let it run forever, and I'll, I'll piece it together later. Jesus, can I just scoot up a little bit? Is that okay? Or is that not allowed? Grab the handles. <laughs> That's what I did. I, uh, you're going to hit your feet. That's the problem. Well, how am I supposed to just jump yeah, in the just, air? Yeah, just inch forward. Like an old person. Right. We're, we're old people now. <clears throat> okay. Okay, so it's uh, the, the intro is just done. Okay. Uh, welcome to the show. 